Badlands. Explain those Badlands. That's a hell of a name. Mr. Vice President, I'm going off script again. I know, but I just want to personally thank you. We've been through some stuff. We've gone through some some of the most complex military operations this country's ever conducted, and your steady hand and your leadership during those was a great source of strength for me. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your character. Thank you for your selfless service. Thank you for commitment. Thank you for being a mentor to me, Mr. Vice President. It's called the swamp. And you know what happened? And you know what I did? A big favor. I caught the swamp. I caught them all. Let's see what happens. Nobody else could have done that but me. I caught all of this corruption that was going on, and nobody else could have done it. Four years we gather on these steps to carry out the orderly and peaceful transfer of power. Today's ceremony, however, has very special meaning because today we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. Washington flourished, but the people did not share in its wealth. This American carnage stops right here and stops right now. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. This is a president of the United States who is a danger to the republic. America first. He knows he's an illegitimate president. The oath of office I take today is an oath of allegiance to all Americans. The great Trump recovery. America will never be a socialist country. I will fight for you with every breath in my body. Russia, Russian pro-Russian, Russian, Russia, Russian, 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 Russians, Russian, Russia, Russia, Russia. And I will never, ever let you down. A dangerous virus is spreading rapidly in China, and U.S. officials are very worried that it could come here. This is really the worst attack we've ever had. This is worse than Pearl Harbor. This is worse than the World Trade Center. There's never been an attack like this. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. What they're doing is using COVID to steal an election. Together, we will make America strong again. You know what it's about? Fraud. Fake. Valid. We will make America wealthy again. 
They are trying to steal the election. Now, under the leadership of President Trump, we are fully realizing President Kennedy's prescient view of special operations forces. We will make America proud again. And watch, please, those mail-in ballots. We will make America safe again. And in millions and millions of ballots, their vote is under what they thought they needed. They're dumping more ballots in there, okay? And yes, together, we will make America great again. Thank you, God bless you. If we are right about the fraud, Joe Biden can't be president. Congress, the chair declares the joint session dissolved. And God bless America. Here's the moment you've all been waiting for. Here is devolution. 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 With a tell. Patriot. The best is yet to come. Congrats on this. I like this show. The Power Hour. That's got a good sound yeah, to it. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Saturday edition of the Devolution Power Hour. Hope you guys had a great week. Not to toot our own horns or anything, but I think we're going to have a very mediocre show this evening. What about you guys? <laughs> There's a good shot that it'll be pretty freaking mediocre because we don't know what the <laughs> hell we're going to talk about. <laughs> oh, we got a general idea. Basically, I've had I, I, I was myself. Well, Sorry, what? up to a rousing start uh, i've had a fantastic week john uh and uh, i very much enjoyed doing the the liberty den last night with y'all it was cool mixing it up and uh it'll be fun once again with with the two of you yeah how's uh how's ashley doing she's okay you know what are you gonna do it's uh it's a sl it's a it takes a few weeks to recover from this surgery so you know it's it's slow going and i'm taking care of her turns out i'm a i'm a fairly I'm an excellent husband, but I'm really only a mediocre nurse. So I'm, oh. I'm learning. I'm learning as I go. We're well, not even wearing the right outfit, so I understand. You're know, off to like a bad start. Probably get some freaking scrubs, dude. But whatever, Chris. We'll we'll not interrupt you this time. How are you doing? You guys can interrupt me whenever you want. Deal. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. Me. I mean, wait. What was the line? Life is full of horrors, but I I persist nonetheless. The hor the horrors persist. The horrors persist, but so do I. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice work. Yes. Gosh, awesome. uh, Patrick, I'm happy you remember that because I forgot it. <laughs> so dumb. Um. So as I alluded to earlier about the show tonight, we we know generally what we want to talk about, but it's this is kind of our thing. Like we. We kick back stuff all day long and then we come here and we're like, okay, well, so what are we going to do? We kick back a bunch of things all day long. And so we're just going to go through the things we kick back and forth and, and see how it ends up. Got some election stuff, um, some Trump stuff from today. Uh, there's been some interesting developments, not even really necessarily to us, but to the mainstream media um, in terms of what's going on in, in Russia and Ukraine. Some of the stories they're talking about and some of the things going on. So I think we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit. And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens after that. Let's kick it off with a few ads, though, Patrick, if you want to start us off with um, some easy RX, and then we'll see if there's any boost from last week, and then we'll get into the show. We constantly talk about health and different ways to help and get many questions about ivermectin and where to get it. That's why we've partnered with EZRX 
They have a huge selection of meds at badlandsmedia.tv slash easyrx or click in the description box below and use promo code BADLANDS for 10% off your order of $150 or more. EasyRx not only has a huge selection, but also quality assurance, big savings, and fast shipping. If you're looking for ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, fenbendazole, then head that way today. Don't forget about fenbendazole. They've tested fenbendazole on worms or parasites that can live inside of us without obvious signs and can lead to complications from bowel obstruction to loss of appetite, loss of weight, anemia, lung infection, and liver congestion. The fenbendazole seems to have different qualities in that some people have stated it helped them in that area with the cancer. Here's a clip to remind us of what has happened when people take fenbendazole research that once you have wide metastasis, small cell lung cancer, you're literally a goner. The 0% chance of survival at three to six months of life expectancy, and I was basically told to go home, get my affairs in order, and think about hospice. And the next day, I got a call from a large animal veterinarian in western Oklahoma, who's a college friend and family friend, and he told me this crazy story about a scientist at Merck on the veterinary side who has been doing cancer research on mice, and she had hundreds of mice that she'd implanted cancers in all their body parts, brain, stomach, liver, pancreas, etc. And her mouse population came down with intestinal parasites. And so she had no choice but to save her research. She gave her all of her mice fenbendazole. If you went out to any zoo in the world, they bring in fenbendazole by the truckload, front-end loader, head-high piles in bays because they give that drug to every single animal in the animal kingdom. And one of the oldest and safest drugs around, right? Yeah, it's been around for 40 years. Awesome. All right. Look, we got a couple Badlands boosts, Patrick. I'm going to throw them up on the screen here and have you uh, go through these. You got $5, Devolution Power Hour. Oh, no, oh, sorry. Right. Saturday. Yeah, $2. Yep. I'm in Israel. I love listening to your show during morning chores, hoping your advertisers would ship my way, especially that angel paste. It sounds great. Was blackpilled during Obama's years and moved out of America, but always American in my heart. Still trying to get my neighbors to understand the importance of American politics in Israel. I just sit back and laugh at them. They think I'm the crazy conspiracy theorist. No matter. Thanks for keeping me rooted to the States. Oh, yeah. I love the infamous go-kart stories. It always cracks me up. Much better than dooming out. If you go to Epic, if you go to EpicThreads.tv, you can order international. Promo awesome. code Batlands. Okay. I was just waiting for that last part there. Uh, do you want to do Q of Swords here too? Yeah, Q of Swords 3, $25. Everybody was encouraged by Trump's recent positive comment about Bitcoin. But I haven't seen anyone address this aside about it's going to have to be regulated. Any ideas of the ramifications of what he meant? I hope someone at Badlands will dig and report on findings. I love you guys. Uh, you know, it's a currency. The way that people use a currency can be regulated. However, it's, it's a little bit tricky to regulate peer-to-peer -peer transactions on the Bitcoin network. A lot of it is kind of on the honor system when it comes to reporting stuff. Yeah, what are you guys' thoughts on Bitcoin lately? It's been going nuts. We're not, we're still not at all. We're not at the all-time high. When it gets uh, yeah. past the all-time high, that'll be cute. But until you get like to six figures, I'm not excited about Bitcoin. Really? Yeah. Bitcoin has rug pulled us twice in the past five years once it hit like sixty-five thousand, and then in like 2022 i think maybe i, I don't it was a big obnoxious double top two all-time highs so if it gets to like 70k we could still get a big fat rug pull probably i would love but, that I, I want it to go on sale isn't that how it works so it just keeps it's like a yo-yo uh, um 
investing, not necessarily in Bitcoin, but this is what I was, how I was explained about investing back in the day. It's like, you're on an escalator going up and you have a yo-yo and the yo-yo is like, the stock, it's always going to end up going up, but sometimes it'll go up and down, man. Mm -hmm. Have a few rug pulls, but it's been exciting. I mean, it got exciting enough that we actually now have a Bitcoin partner. People can get Bitcoin and support Badlands in the process. And actually, uh, I see G Money in the chat. He's going to love this. He may have even seen this already. Let me show you quick. He is featured on our, our little promo thing here. Badlandsmedia.tv slash river. That's who we partnered with. It's got this whole little, uh, you can oh, create wow. a river account right here. And that's where you get your Bitcoin, guys. I not, am not a financial advisor, but I would recommend to do what I've been doing for the last like two years now or since February of 2022, when G Money finally convinced me to buy a little bit every week, accumulate, what is it, accumulate sats or whatever. That's what I'm doing. Stacking sats. Stacking sats. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of, this website is great. Badlandsmedia.tv slash river. Check it out. And there you go. There's your shout out, G. That's pretty awesome. I'm glad that we uh, are uh, working with them. Yeah. When are we going to, when are we going to get um, a G Money endorsed XRP affiliate? <laughs> um, it's, it's in the works i'm okay. also i don't believe that g money actually said this because i don't see a single f-bomb i don't see <laughs> anything about tax these nuts or something i'm looking at i'm looking at friggin trading view right now and bitcoin is just awesome it just crossed above this is crazy so the what is it the uh 200 week simple moving uh, the 200 week moving average it's crossed over the 50 week moving average and the 50 week moving average is above the 200 week moving average so it's had a golden cross uh what does that mean it it means we're about we typically after you see a, a shorter moving average cross above a longer moving average they call that a golden cross and that presages a massive rise in the price yeah well people have been saying like once it actually crosses its all-time high it's gonna like explode again yeah I don't, I don't know i i try not to actually pay attention to what is really going on with the bitcoin every i, I just every week i have my weekly buy and i just kind of shut it off but it's hard when kate is actually texting me like hey how do i buy bitcoin for the first time ever it's like okay well something must be going right this this oh, week when, when so, that happens wait, so. whoa you're telling me that there are people in this audience who have not bought bitcoin already oh yeah kate didn't even buy bitcoin until literally this week I don't understand. This is like buying at the high. This is that's what that's what well this is yet. buying at the high so far. Now, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean this man, is, when supposed to when, get in at like 16. That would be great. Maybe we still will be able to. If it dropped to 16, I would spend all the rest of my money on it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Guys, I'm looking at Bitcoin's chart right now. And this is a freaking freight train. I would not be selling my Bitcoin right now. I I would buy Bitcoin right now. Even though it's stupid high right now, I still think it's undervalued, given what it's, what it's doing right now. We're but not the whole financial thing advisors, is, though. Yeah, that's right. But the whole thing is you got to get out of the fiat mindset completely. Like, it doesn't matter how much it's worth relative to the dollar. Yeah. It matters how much it's worth relative to the price of petrol and milk and... I mean... You know, right well, now, because you have to translate it into the dollar. You always have to translate it into buying things. 
whether That's you're translating right. it into the dollar, it, it needs to translate into goods and services. And yeah, right but, now, Bitcoin buys an ass load of goods and services, but will right. end up buying a lot more. Right. But also, like, I don't know of many people that are buying Bitcoin with the mindset of, I'm going to buy this so I can spend it in the near future. It's like, yeah, it, it's a more of a long play, in my opinion. But um, I mean, if you so there are 21 million total Bitcoins, if you have one of those and everything becomes Bitcoin, then you are one of the very wealthiest people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's true. Anyway. Let's, uh, we'll, we'll you, get out. I mean, Patrick, maybe my math is wrong, but don't you have to be like, isn't it necessarily true that if there is only Bitcoin at that point and you have one full Bitcoin, you would then be one of the at most 21 million wealthiest people in the world? Sure. I mean, 4 million Bitcoin have been destroyed. I don't know what that number is now, but even so better there odds. Be 17 yeah, million it, left. Yeah. And then the number of bit we haven't mined the, the 21 million is the theoretical limit of the number of bitcoins that can ever be produced a whole bunch have not been produced and a whole bunch have been destroyed effectively mm -hmm. and so it's less than that if you have a whole bitcoin and then the market cap of bitcoin goes to 100 trillion divide 100 trillion by 15 million and I'm not doing that right now because I really screwed up a lot of my earth curve calculations on the Liberty Den last night when I tried I was gonna to say you really head. embarrassed yourself last night with those calculations. I know. <laughs> Nobody knew what you were even talking about, bro. You're good. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, we'll we'll save the rest of the Bitcoin talk for the uh for the um the rug pull radio show on Thursdays. But I I, would, I didn't even look. I wonder if they had more viewers Thursday with all the, the action. But anyway, get your Bitcoin guys if you haven't yet. Let's get into some uh, actual news stuff. So there was kind of a big development with this um, Georgia case, and I tried to get CanCon on, but he didn't respond. And it was, it was kind of my bad because I didn't respond to him first a couple times. So maybe he was just getting back at me or something. But there's a video I saw here. This is from Why We Vote. This is a shorter version, Patrick. It's only like six minutes, and it's him and Clay Parik. And they're talking about what went down. Um, Put it at 1.5. It might be yeah, might be perfect. Yeah. So we're going to listen to this and then talk about it because this is a pretty big deal. So check it out. 8,000 multiplied by four minutes gives us 3 million plus minutes. You divide that by 60. Okay. A lot of time. Okay. We can, there we can stop. So let me, let me just, let's start at the beginning with the Blue Crest Sorter. <laughs> it, isn't this a cluster? This this is why the Fulton County case is tanking, dude. This is why. This hey, is why. This, when they showed that right then and there, that's when I said, "Damn, Cancon's head's going to swell because he's going to be right." Because they got to throw this case out some way somehow. Because yep. they just admitted so much. They so just admitted much. that they didn't do signature verification in Fulton oh, County yeah. at all. Well, no, no, they did it, Cancon, because this is what they did for that big county. They took the physical ballot and they said, "Oh, wait, wait, okay, Bob Humphreys," and then they said, "Okay." And they match, and that's how yep. they had to do it. Obviously, so, so let's let's some other way. It, let's that's let's, crazy let's, let's look at this, Clay. This, let's look at this here because this is a uh, this is from Fulton County. You guys can see the website up here. It's straight from FultonCounty.gov. All right, and uh, right here, this is a an invoice about uh, outdated, uh, not paid timely invoices. What's that first one say right there, Clay? Can you read that for me? <laughs> DMT Solutions Blue Crest 
how much is that for? They paid $187,000. And let me read to you the ex. Isn't DMT a drug? DMT, yeah. yeah. Nice. DMT Solutions is a sweet business name, then. Explanation of what they needed. Here it is. It says the original AML was for 57601 I was informed there would be modifications upgrade to the mailing equipment because of a change in envelopes to mail absent ballots by state. Uh, the increase in cost needs needed approval and funding identified by the COO, which caused a delay in processing of payment. They had, and I, I have other document, documentation on the Blue Crest sorters, but they had the equipment. They bought it. It was, it was very expensive. I want to say it was over a million dollars for them to buy. I think they bought three machines and I'd have to dig through and find all this stuff, but they didn't use it at all. Hey, this is, this is what just, just threw me for a loop watching it. When y'all, when y'all first televised it, I just, it's so crazy. How, they did no signature verification at all. They couldn't have, there's no way. There is no, no way it, it was done. You have to run it through the machine. All right. The, the other hours and all that stuff, I'm sure we'll get to, but that, that to me, I I know they were there for the subpoena items, but if I was the judge, I, I would have had to interrupt and say, excuse me, judge, then how were the signatures verified? I know that's irrelevant right now and you can tell me I'm out, but I would at least get that so the court recorder would have had it written down because that that to me was an admission of guilt. That they, so re real quick, just to, just to let everybody know that what, what I just played for you, I put it in the chat. That was the hearing to talk about the subpoenas that Harrison Floyd, the guy I talked about earlier in the show, uh, that he put together to try and uh, get election evidence. You know, he's the one that said his attorneys said, you know, what if we prove that Trump won the elect th this this indictment goes away? This Rico case goes away if we prove that Trump won. And so this was Fulton County, excuse me, the Georgia Secretary of State. They agreed to comply with the subpoena. They had to amend it a little bit, but they agreed to, to, to comply with the subpoena. And what that did is it essentially threw Fulton County under the bus. Because if, 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 if Big Brother says that we'll do it and it's okay, when Little Brother says, no, we're not going to do it, it's like, yo, they already said that they would, so you have to. You know, the precedent's already kind of been laid out there. And so they went through a list of all the things that they were requesting, and they talked about the exorbitant number of hours that it would take them to do this. Poll tapes, they're like, oh, they're 12 feet long, so it's going to take us four hours to scan each one. And they're like, well, we'll, we'll buy you a scanner that you can do it in, in one, you know, one fail swoop. And, um, you know, the judge agreed. They said, okay, sure, we'll, we'll take your, your equipment, blah, 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 and all this stuff. But then you get down to that. And Clay, you, you did a lot of work in Maricopa County. You did a lot of work, you know, with the, with the lake trial and everything. And a lot of what was involved in that and what we saw in, in, in um, uh, Matt Thayer's uh, documentary on Maricopa, what was it, State of Denial, um, was we, we actually saw how the signature verification is done. And just if you want to explain it, because what they described here, it's impossible to do it efficiently. Right. Because here's the thing. They had to track initially when all the envelopes come in. They run them through the big machine, and as it's scanned through, that image is created right then. And the thing is, the way it was in Maricopa, Runbeck would transfer that those image files over there to them because they were done uh, 235 at a time in batches, right? And then they're supposed to go through and verify the signatures. And as you know, if people who watch the documentary can see, they just they just click through it. At least they had both image files, and that's and believe me, looking at the report and the data that was generated by the machine for when they were doing the signature verification. Um, just let you know that it wasn't human being. It, it, it was software doing it. So there, you you have no way of knowing because what was the tolerance set at, right? And that and that's the thing. It it just blew my mind when they came out and said that they didn't use a machine at all. It's like, so what did they have? Envelopes stacked up on the desk of each of the workers going through them. And then, and this is where it gets worse because I'm glad you played it through because he said they had the exemplars, the exemplars in two or three systems. So think about it, people. There's no automated machine doing it. There's stacks of envelopes on your desk. You're here with a laptop and you're having to 
all right, this is so-and-so, and I search in this database, and then I got to search in another one. That's that's a bold-faced lie. That, that video is the evidence of fraud, that the Georgia election should have never been certified, period, in this story. I don't care whether you say it's fraud or not. It should have never been certified because that that is just, it's beyond belief, beyond belief. Better believe it, guys, because obviously they didn't check anything they didn't audit anything anywhere can somebody explain to me why any of this is considered to be a revelation pretend i'm dumb because right now i'm very dumb i don't know what they're talking about it's not a revelation but it's just it's admission in open court that yeah. they didn't check yeah. any signatures but so do you think that that dude scott mcafee the he's the the judge in the case of fatty willis do you think he didn't know that already? I, I'm, I have difficulty getting into the minds of these people. Well, that's the thing. Like, who, who well, doesn't know about this at this point? Even Tucker Carlson knows the election was stolen now. Like, everybody. Do you, remember, knows. do you remember how Tucker Carlson said that the election was stolen when he was talking to that dude, uh, Patrick Bet David? Was it Patrick Bet David or was it that robot dude? Yeah, Lex Fridman. Uh, he was talking to him. He said, "Of course it was stolen because of all propaganda and stuff. People didn't know how to vote." Yeah, but we, we don't need to get into the Tucker topic even though it was my fault for bringing it up um so we'll just piss everybody off but i think i think that more importantly than the judge uh finding this out for the first time i don't think that there i'm not sure that's relevant and but uh the public finding it out and the public's eyes are on the fanny thing yeah <laughs> no one can take their eyes off fanny she is my <laughs> candle in the wind. Her testimony was the stuff of legends. <laughs> I keep I keep money in my home, bitch. Where did she get the cat? I think I saw Trump was was yeah. truthing about about Fanny, but even like even the, this coming out in open court, it's not necessarily a huge deal to me. It's more of just like a milestone pass. Like this was bound to happen at some point. Like one of these, another one of these places checked off the list. Let's keep going down the line and see what other states have they not, you know, either verified the voter signatures or whatever. Because every one of these places, this thing was stolen in every single one. Oh, yeah. And Clay Parikh makes the uh, the correct point there at the end. It doesn't matter whether you call it fraud or not. Some of these people are like, well, you know, there just wasn't evidence of fraud. What? It's just. All of the elections were uncertifiable. They did not follow the law. That's all that matters. All so that anyone, should have mattered. Yes. And anyone certifying an election that cannot be certified, while that is their fiduciary duty and the duty of their office, many of them swore oaths to uphold, that itself is fraud. That's an act of fraud. That's, a, that's breaking the law, isn't it? Like yeah. that's, You can't just... If it is your official duty to uh, to certify that something is legitimate according to the law, that is your job, and it's held in public trust that you do your job, and then you don't do it, and you sign off on false information. That is official fraud, and the fact that it's uh, that it's uh, actually like defrauding to steal an election in coordination with these, with all the organizations involved in this steal. Like, I, I don't see how you don't call that treason. Well, that, it's not that like is, they didn't know that it was uncertifiable. 
there, there's an entire process of steps that take place to get from us going to cast a, a vote to that being the vote that ultimately selects a president. Mm -hmm. And the, if, if the system is fraudulent, if, if there's a, a rung on the ladder that is fraudulent and it's coordinated amongst multiple states, and it's, it's not even just one rung, it's like there were multiple rungs here in which fraudulent activity took place from the actual casting of the ballots to the checking of the signatures to the, I mean, multiple steps were, were skipped over and completely ignored just so that they could make Biden the winner over Trump. And if Trump knew this and has evidence of this, it, it's again, there's just like, it's one of those logical fallacies where I can't imagine Trump having been the president he needed to be had he just walked away. And he, sh he would not be electable in my opinion. I've said this a million times, but if, if he did not do something when he says that he was just doing his duty as president, that's why he's being investigated by Jack Smith, and that there's, there's fraud, undeniable, like they cheated, they stole the election, all this stuff. Like those two things do not compute with him walking away. And it makes no sense. And then he had a, um, a video tonight or a comment tonight. Let me play this. This is kind of fitting for what we're talking about. And I will secure our elections. Our goal will be one day voting with paper ballots and voter ID. But until then, Republicans must win. We have to win to get it done. And we want a landslide that is too big to rig. Too big to rig. That's what we need. Because they're going to be cheating and they're cheaters and we're going to be watching them and we're going to prosecute. We're going to, if we get in, we're going to catch them and we're going to do things that were never done before. And I will secure. It doesn't make sense to me, man. Like he, he says they're going to cheat. I, that's what I've been saying too. Like we've been saying that they're going to cheat. Nothing's changed. But if we cheat and if, if we vote enough in the rigged system, then they're going to let us in. They're going to let us w overcome their cheating. Like they'll cheat. Sure but they won't be able to cheat enough to defeat it. Like it, it doesn't make sense to me. There's gotta be more. What we did with Carrie Lake, the, the Carrie Lake steal was the most brazen shit ever. You shut down the machines in Republican areas, throw away everybody's ballots and then count until you win and just crank out fake ballots and just do it right in our faces. Have a sheriff escort anybody trying to get, you know, any kind of transparency, escort him out and do it brazenly. They're going to do it brazenly all over the place. I don't know what pushing back against that looks like. How do you stop that? How do you tell the, the crooked sheriff, no, crooked sheriff, in fact, you're the one who's under arrest? Like, is, is Trump saying that the criminals and the liars and the cheaters have, like, moral limits they're not willing to cross or something? Like, no, Trump is, Trump is saying that there is a threshold past which the enemy can't rig it. And maybe that's true. I don't know. I, I think, think it's true in I, Texas. I don't think it's true by the numbers, Patrick. I think it's impossible for them to declare uh, Joe Biden the victor if the narrative momentum continues as it is. I mean, we're yeah. at the point now where the New York Times front page headline today is this New York Times Siena poll. And uh, Donald Trump is dominant and we're eight months out. The, and, and this is not something that's going to reverse. This trend hasn't reversed in now well over three years. Every day, we have gotten stronger since January 6th 
or you know, I'll even give you two months after that, or even some point in the middle of vaccine mandate season. But there's no point at which things have gotten worse for us since then. I mean, a lot of people think that the Trump indictments made it worse. No one in our little contingent believes that at all. And I don't think much of our audience believes it either. Those things didn't upset us when they happened. We were just like, yeah, great. This is exactly what uh, is necessary I, here. I miss what you said. About which part? Um, it didn't affect us. What didn't? I'm saying that we weren't, we, we weren't um, like devastated when the Mar-a-Lago raid happened or when an oh, indictment yeah. for Trump was announced. It was like, we kind of expected these sorts of things to happen. And, you know, what you were just talking about, you know, the, the way that, the way that Trump relays these comments, it really, when I hear him say something like that, it sounds to me like if you apply the idea of, of the pause, like this is almost like a replay of 2020. Like we know that they got them in 2020. He's saying they're going to cheat. We're going to track them. We're going to find out who these cheaters are. And then we're going to prosecute them if we get back in. Like that's already been in process now for, for three plus years. And I think that a lot of what we saw from uh, January 2017 to January 2021, we saw all those stories um, work in a certain narrative direction. The the good and bad roles were reversed on what we think they should have been. I'm talking about how these things were presented. And it's we're basically now watching those four years play out again, but with everything inverted. And I think if we and if you consider this whole time a pause then this is that inverted replay that brings us to this end point where we can actually achieve the proper conclusion that should have been achievable four years ago and for various reasons wasn't. Yeah, I think ultimately what you're saying here is it's the court of public opinion. Like we didn't Only, have, yes, we, we didn't have it. I mean, we, we had a lot of it, but we didn't have enough of it in, in 2020 as 2020 played yeah. out and this is what this is what we've been saying for a long time like the uh, so many of the moves that trump made um especially with the regular warfare and this is what i want to hone in on with mike benz is like the, the 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 military especially the psyop stuff like all the moves trump made there he was clearly gearing up for some sort of narrative warfare regular warfare and that's what this whole thing has been about but it's just it's fascinating to me to actually hear him say it in the same sentence like they're gonna cheat but we can outvote the cheating, which I don't with, with our enemy. I don't, I don't see how that is possible, he but did. I, but I do believe the outcome results in Trump being like the, the narrative this time around will not let it fly. And I think so, that's the, the best. Out anyway, go ahead. I, th I think that I, we can listen to it again. I don't think he said that we are going to outvote the cheating. I think he said we need to win until the elections are fixed with one day voting, mail-in ballots, et cetera. He said, Republicans need to win. We need to make this too big to rig. Like the movement has to become too big so that they are unable to rig the election no matter what. Because there's some point at which people aren't going to believe what the news says, right? Yeah. If the news primes us for a low turnout election for six months and then says, uh, that uh, Joe Biden won uh, 76 million to 75 and a half million. And he had these states in the electoral college and people are like, okay, well, you know, Trump made up millions of votes, but it just wasn't enough. Okay. They need to find something believable to give people. 
And with the size of this thing, there's no way they're going to be able to do it. I say often on my show, and we know this to be true about the election. This is what it means to be able to steal elections, that the votes don't count. If the votes don't count, what is an election? At that point, an election is a battle of narratives. And even if the votes did count, the election would still be a battle of narratives to convince people to vote for one person or the other. It's just that the votes don't count. It is still only a battle of narratives. If we get the victory that we so deeply crave in 2024, the litmus test for whether or not the people who then assume power are real is going to be very simple. Okay, are you going to drop everything, mm -hmm. destroy every voting machine in the United States, state by state, and replace the system from the ground up personnel methods chain of custody, everything. If they do that, that means we got good people in there. If they do not do that, it means they're just another incoming class of ass clowns and, and um, criminals. I want to play this again, though. And I will secure our elections. Our goal will be one day voting with paper ballots and voter ID. But until then, Republicans must win. We have to win to get it done. And we want a landslide that is too big to rig. Too big to rig. That's what we need. Because they're going to be cheating and they're cheaters and we're going to be watching them and we're going to prosecute. We're going to, if we get in, we're going to catch them and we're going to do things that were never done before. <laughs> Where too were big the cops? to rig, but they're going to be cheating. You know, here's, here's a question. Where the hell were the cops in 2020? They were committing crimes in broad daylight in these swing states. Where were the cops? Tell you where they were. They were working for the people stealing the elections. Hey, cops, you're going you're gonna to do something about it this time in 2024? Because they're going to be committing crimes right in front of your faces. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. He's uh, getting a lot more direct with his, with his uh, speeches and stuff now, so... He um, was on fire tonight. I watched his afternoon speech and the, the speech tonight, man, just going off. I love it. And the comedy is on point now. Yeah. I'm By the way, John, is that one. a new Badlands jacket? Yeah. It's that not a, a silk robe, but it's, it's a, a... That is a very, very handsome coat you're wearing, my friend. Thank you, sir. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to need Badlands on the back. I'll get you one's your birthday. I'll get you one for your birthday. My birthday's every day. Okay. Well, when's your when when's the anniversary of the day you were born? My birthday's on Easter this year. Yeah, okay, you don't have to tell me. I'll I'll get you a present <laughs> for an upcoming moment of celebration. We'll think of we'll think of one. <laughs> yes, yeah, wonderful. Um, okay, I'm gonna try to find this video of what Trump said at the board about the border. Here we go. Oops. Okay. Crazy. Who would want this? Think of it. Who would want this open borders where people are allowed to come in from mental institutions and jails? Who would want this? Who, who would? Is there something good? I guess the only thing I can say is they're trying to sign them up to get them to vote in the next election. That's all it is. But they don't really need that because what they do is they just use blank ballots. You know, they just drop out. So they don't really have to destroy our country for that. Although, when you use blank ballots, I would say that's also destroying our country, wouldn't you, sir? 
Every day, Joe Biden is giving aid and comfort to the foreign enemies of the United States. Biden's conduct on our border is, by any definition, a conspiracy to overthrow the United States of America. That's what's happening. The anger, the anger, the hatred, the fear. Biden and his accomplices, and that's what it is. It's really more the accomplices. I mean, the guy can't put two sentences together. He can't find the stairs to a platform. <laughs> so funny. Trump is way better at stairs than Biden. If there's one reason to vote for him, it's that. Um, he was doing but, some know, great dancing today, too. I didn't see that. I didn't get to watch. I had my kids today. It's my son's birthday tomorrow. He shares a birthday with you, Chris. Because your birthday's every birthday. day. Well, oh, yeah. you, you said birthdays. Oh, yeah. Well, stuff. thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, to that extent, I share a birthday with everyone. Yes, you do. Happy birthday. Except for people on a leap year. Because I was not born in a leap year, so I've never had that birthday. But you have it every day. It doesn't really happen. Oh, man. No, now I'm confused. I need some, I know, I need some flat earth math. Patrick. No, I'm not out. giving you any. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Shit, what was I going to say? Something about... Okay. Open borders. Trump's talking about they're aiding and abetting criminals, right? Um, that That's pretty big, massive. And then you look at what Biden said today, or maybe this was yesterday, I don't know, but this is a short, shorter clip, but still very interesting. And this is, it's such a weird line for Biden to be saying, unless, you know, maybe there's something else going on. Why are you waiting to take executive action on the border? Because we need more forces on the border. I don't have the authority to do that. He says he doesn't have the authority to do something on the border. And I believe him. Hmm. I don't know, man. Rubber face, rubber face Joe. Yeah, I mean, th that statement, though, like he's either telling the truth or I mean, because Trump did a whole bunch of executive action at the border. He had it taken care of Biden's first day in office, 17 executive orders later. And the border security stuff is completely wiped out. And now Biden is saying he doesn't have the authority. And he's actually calling for Trump to get involved and in pushing and like telling the Republicans to get behind the border bill. Yeah. Behind it's retarded, the man. We need this, we need this new law that uh that makes it so that the president is allowed to repel foreign invasions. Oh, that'd be a great law, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, what does it say that uh, the Congress, the Senate, and the president, quote unquote, are all uh, beholden to the whims of Donald Trump? Isn't it fascinating? I mean, l listen to this. This is him telling Trump that he needs to stop playing politics and join him in telling Congress to <laughs> pass a, a border security bill. So here's what I would say to Mr. Trump. Instead of playing politics with this issue, Instead of telling members of Congress to block this legislation, join me or I'll join you in telling the Congress to pass this bipartisan border security bill. We can do it together. You know and I know it's the toughest, most efficient, most effective border security bill this country has ever seen. So instead of playing politics with the issue, why don't we just get together and get it done? Listen, I'll, I will protect you against the foreign invasion, but you got to pass this bill that has like billions of dollars for me and my family to have lots and lots of hookers and cocaine. And that's what we need. And we will have the securitist border ever. Just give me all of your money. You don't know that it's for hookers and cocaine. And <laughs> meth. 
could be, could be other drugs and other sexual proclivities or whatever that word is. Damn right. What would it be like to be an MSNBC viewer who has spent the last four years going absolutely batshit insane, uh, losing everyone in your life who ever loved you? Uh, what would it be like to, at the end, <laughs> right now, almost nine years into this period, to be seeing Joe Biden asking for Donald Trump's help to pass legislation <laughs> to do something that the president could already do? Dude, well, that, they don't you, know that he could do this already, though. They don't. They don't yes, know they anything. Do. That's not true. Do MSNBC they, viewers, no. They are they're. No. They are wrong about all the stuff that's happening now, and they are wrong in their analysis of everything that's happening all the time. But each and every one of them, as a kid, understood in their in their classes, and even commie classes would teach this stuff that presidents have certain amounts of authority. They think presidents are like kings. They think presidents can do what they think presidents are responsible for everything. Even Ron DeSantis supporters think presidents do everything. They were like, I don't know, man. MSNBC, that's like bottom of the barrel all, retarded. All you have to know is that presidents have a lot of authority and they're watching Joe Biden say he doesn't have the authority to protect the border from illegal uh, aliens. And he's asking Donald Trump for help. Anyone can figure that out. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. It is funny because like these are all the same journalists who it, when Trump was in office, like at the end of his presidency, not even the end, like during COVID, they're like, Trump has secret powers that we don't even know about, guys. Like, we need to be scared of all these secret powers that he has. But yeah, but the, and now the president can't shut the border when the illegal aliens are murdering our college-age females all over. Did you queue uh, up? I, I don't know if I sent you this clip earlier. Maybe you grabbed it on your own. But there's two other... Oh, that one's good. But uh, there's two other clips from the Trump speech, and one of them... He says that Joe Biden is giving aid and comfort to our foreign enemies. That's the one I just played. You played that? At, I didn't hear him say that part. Did it have that at the beginning? Maybe I just missed it. Maybe I was looking I, at I didn't hear him, but you know. It's so crazy. Who would want this? Think of it. Who would want this open borders where people are allowed to come in from mental institutions and jails? Who would want this? Who, who would? Is there something good? I guess the only thing I can say is they're trying to sign them up to get them to vote in the next election. That's all it is. Oh, yeah, it's after the They don't really need that because what they do is they just use blank ballots. You know, they just drop ballots. So they don't really have to destroy our country for that. Although when you use blank ballots, I would say that's also destroying our country. Wouldn't you say? I just caught that part. We haven't got to the AIDS, AIDS and comfort. We're going to call it AIDS and comfort instead of aid and comfort. But he's just he's saying they use blank ballots. He said he, later on, he says they're going to cheat. They use blank ballots. They're going to do that until they get to a number that is so ridiculous that it. But but again, anyway, that will, we won't need to go back down that trail again. But here's the aids and comfort part. Every day, Joe Biden is giving aid and comfort. to. It'd be nice if you would pay attention when I play clips, Chris. Sorry, I was so into the blank ballots and the election fraud stuff. I forgot about the other thing. Jeez. But calling calling the uh, the fake president saying that the fake president gives aid and comfort to our foreign enemies is in fact a literal accusation of treason. Yep. I mean, 
The actual duly elected president just accused the fake president of treason. That is what those words mean. And here's the thing, like, they were giving aids and comfort to foreign enemies in when Obama was president. And it says, like... Obama could have given aids and comfort to foreign enemies. Yes, I mean, back in limousine. Did you see the video? I don't know if this video is real, but did you see the video of Emmanuel Macron dancing I in his not, club years? Oh, man. I have spent more nights in nightclubs than 99.99999% of humans on this earth. And uh, there are going to be one day uh, very funny videos of me. None of them are anything like this. Okay, guys. If I ever ask anything of you guys, it's this. Well, two things. One, hit the thumbs up. Thumbs two, up. Find me a video of Chris dancing in a nightclub. I need to see this. He'll be good. I, well, the good thing is I don't dance in nightclubs. So what are you doing in nightclubs, bro? But I, I'll do some. Some of those? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember you at Patrick's wedding. I mostly just and drink and smoke dance. and talk shit. Okay. Well, anyway, let's watch Macron do it. Oh, my God. This is a music video? Is he I mean, what this is, is he doing? Fake. It could be. That might be. Uh, this this has a, uh, a Silence fake. of the Lambs vibe to me. I don't. I don't it's a really good deep fake if it is, Patrick. Oh, it's very entertaining. He's wearing lipstick. Well, it's multiple people. Is he a trans? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that green dress thing before. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Damn it. I so wanted this to be real. I know you did. Okay. Well, never mind. Macron is a trafficked child. (laughs) You mean right now? He's literally just a sex slave of some really, really weird old tranny lady. Um, we should get to our next sponsors, but I forgot we, we were gonna give a shout out to Andrew Breitbart. We should, yeah. <laughs> it's uh what is it? The twelfth anniversary of his passing. Okay, let me play this clip quick and then Patrick will get to our next sponsor. All the people that have gone out there against the mainstream media and said, you're going to call us racist, you're going to call us potential Timothy McVeigh's, fuck you. I feel like we try to, yeah, I feel like we try to emulate that that feeling here at badlands media we throw yeah. a lot of fu's around when we can but anyway let's uh let's talk about a little tack right and then i think we got some angel paste after that patrick oh yeah absolutely first we have tack right did you always want to own a night vision binocular but you didn't get one because of how pricey it was. Well, now you can grab one for under $200 from our sponsor, TacRite. Similar night vision goggles sell 
for over $4,000 once it's military grade. However, Tackrite was able to make a revolutionary new night vision system. Military night vision requires at least some light to work. Tackrite night vision lets you see even in pitch darkness. Our viewers can get an amazing one-time discount. You can grab one today for under $200. You don't need a coupon code or anything. Just visit TackriteBadlands.com. This would make a great gift for anyone interested in outdoors, hunting, military, or somebody who just wants to feel safe at night. Grab yours today. Won't last long. Last time it sold out in three hours after mentioning it on our channel. Get yours today. Visit Tackright, T-A-C-R-I-G-H-T, TackrightBadlands.com. And in honor of the orange shirt Patrick's wearing. Hell yeah, dude. Guys, Angel Paste, the best lotion the world has ever known. You all know that, made of only food-grade plant oils right here in the U.S. of A. By Patriots, for Patriots. Now, in the best the best infusion I've ever seen with a lotion, this is Sweet Orange Essential Oil-Infused Angel Paste. And nothing I have ever smelled smells better than this. When I put it on my face, I feel like I'm just being wafted around by fresh orange juice. It is the best thing ever. I thought rose was the best. I put this on and... Not only is it the best smell ever, it's loaded with vitamin C. And you know all those, those cosmetic companies that sell vitamin C infused lotions at those exorbitant prices? Well, this gets its vitamin C straight from the orange. There's nothing like it. Go to badlandsmedia.tv slash angelpaste. Use promo code BADLANDS to pry a dollar from my grasping hands. And if you get more than $150 worth, you get free shipping. It is now available at angelpaste.com as well. Pre-order from shipping on March 8th, guys, and they will be gone by then. This is the best one we've ever made. I'm really excited about it. Can we get a demonstration? Oh, yeah. Do we yeah. miss it? Well, you... you Put it all over the screen, but yeah, I've been I've been slathering my face. Well, with, I didn't I didn't put any. You're not supposed to get it on the screen, Patrick. Yeah. I know, right? I've got I've got the only existing bottle available in production. Barbara was good enough to include it as a sample uh, in my latest shipment of uh, of unscented angel paste. So I, I'm guarding this with my life. When Ashley used it, her exact words were, "This is intoxicating." That is how good this smells. <laughs> awesome. Um, we, I was, I was reading through some of the chat, uh, while Patrick was reading his Risky ad. business. Risky business. Oh yeah. 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 The chat, so, yeah. so somebody mentioned, and it might be a rumble rant there. Um, so if somebody hasn't pulled up, we can check, uh, but a comment about Carrie Lake and John Cornyn. And, oh, yeah. uh, it occurs to me because I was reading through some of the Mitch McConnell coverage, um, most of the people in the audience probably know that he has um, said he will not be returning as Senate, uh, as GOP Senate leader. He's not giving up his Senate seat, but he's not going to be leader anymore. So there's a few candidates running to replace him. And there's been some coverage on those candidates this week. John Cornyn is one of those. John Cornyn was the former head of the National Republican Senatorial Committee. And if people recall that Carrie Lake audio from a few weeks ago, uh, Jeff DeWitt was the man who was working as a middleman. And the reporting on DeWitt's role was that he was delivering that message from the National Republican Senatorial Committee. And uh, people thought that it was 
uh, kind of implicating Steve Daines because he's the current head. But the idea that it could have been implicating John Cornyn, the former head who is now endorsing Carrie Lake, which is a very, very strange match, by the way. That seems to me like uh, that could be the hit. My, my first instinct on that Carrie Lake thing was Ronna McDaniel. Mm. And she's now stepping down. So I think I'm right. I'm that right. Ronna would have um, set up that, uh, that, R that meeting with DeWitt. She would have been the one trying to reach out and get Carrie Lake not to run for Senate. Well, I don't think like it was, I think, I think the whole thing about that Carrie Lake and DeWitt meeting, like they were friends, they would meet regularly. And again, having lived through a, a situation in my life where I felt I had to record everything mm -hmm. and I did, mm -hmm. and I'm glad I did, but it changes how you act when you know that the conversation you're taking part of is recorded, you act differently because you think to yourself, well, I wonder if this will ever get played publicly like in front of a judge or in front of social, whatever. And so you, you act differently. Carrie Lake knew it was recorded. She was acting, she was campaigning in that video. But anyway, the way I understood that is like people back East want you to take a couple of years off and run later. Like the higher ups, uh, mm -hmm. it, they didn't, I don't think they mentioned the senatorial campaign committee they, or whatever. They didn't. Um, so my first instinct was it was Rana. There was reporting and I believe it was in Tennessee star. Um, I'll, I'll look it up right now, but, uh, they implicated the national Republican senatorial committee. So hmm. give me just a second on this. I'll find Okay. It. Well, anyway, the, the thing with, uh, Cork, Cork, Corcoran, I always say his name wrong. Cornyn. Cornyn. Um, I'll go, I'll go with my, my way. I've heard it both ways. Corcoran. He, um, this week he was like calling out Ken Paxton about going to prison or something. Did, did you guys see that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. And it made me see red. Just for anybody who doesn't know, Ken Paxton was the attorney general who actually stood with the people after the stolen 2020 election. The, pretty much the only one. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were there were a ton of states who, who joined on to that lawsuit. But yeah, nobody's gone as far as him, though. No. And he doesn't stack cash in his in his um under his bed or whatever, like Fannie Willis. I guess they're different roles. But regardless, He's a good attorney. And to see Cornyn go after him like that was really weird. Like really weird. Is Ken Paxton running for Senate too? Yes. They're running. He's he's running in 2026, I think, for Cornyn's seat. Really? Okay, so I'm not going to play this video, but five minutes long, but it's. Uh, oh, no, I, you don't have to play the whole thing. But yeah, Michael Patrick Leahy, I'm trying to get the. Uh... Here we Michael go. Patrick Leahy on Bannon says reliable sources are telling us the NRSC is behind trying to bribe Carrie Lake. Here's Sundance over at uh, Conservative Treehouse. Hmm. Well, maybe that's true. Maybe it is. And then Cornyn being there, that that does make it more interesting. But anyway, the rant that you've mentioned uh, is from the Pru for $10. It said Carrie Lake will get a call one day in the Senate from Cornyn's office. Remember that endorsement? I need you to vote yes on this bill. Right. How many in Congress were patriots in the beginning? And maybe it's not even yes on a bill. Maybe it's, I need you to choose me to be Senate Majority Leader. Yeah. Good point. But if Carrie Lake is the Carrie Lake she's advertising herself to be, she would say F you to that. And yeah. she would not let anything dictate how she votes, which is the Car way Congress should be. Carrie this Lake is running. Carrie Lake wants to be 
a junior senator in the United States Senate. I don't really see how that puts her in a position to do all that much for our, for our movement. If she were a governor or somebody with some kind of executive authority, she could make some moves. But as a senator, she's just one of 100. She wouldn't even have any leadership positions. I think it's a, a step towards she's going to make a run in 2028 for president, in my opinion. Well, let's just... We can put all that on the back burner for a little while. Well, I think we should discuss that. <laughs> but um, screw 2024, man. Let's talk about the 2028 elections. So isn't it weird, though, that John Cornyn would be endorsing Carrie Lake? That either implies that Carrie Lake is a rhino, which would be very hard to believe at this point. Um, or that Cornyn is just doing something really strange. Or that if everything is un under control, then... Cornyn was this this endorsement is just, hey, take another look at what could be the connection between John Cornyn and Carrie Lake. I mean, that's got to happen at this point because that is too weird. But see, you know, I also God think like, endorse Carrie Lake. We'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, how much of this is just like plain politics? Again, so much of what goes on is is for the narrative stuff. And like Carrie Lake is one of the most influential and probably one of the biggest um members of the the mega party like she's one of the faces you know there's a there's a few that you could look at trump is one noam maybe um and carrie carrie lake it's probably trump and carrie lake one and two honestly if we're sure. talking so it, okay you're gonna come out and try to win back some of the mega favor that you just lost by going after ken paxton you endorse carrie lake and maybe like okay well maybe he's not all that bad i don't know i mean otherwise it doesn't make sense you're right yeah it's very strange i mean but also Guys like Cornyn are having are in the process of having their power taken away, too. You know, so the idea that he might be trying to kind of flex muscle here and there, maybe he wanted to get Carrie Lake on his team. Maybe he thinks he needs support to try to become GOP leader of the Senate. I mean, I don't think these guys are long for Washington, D.C., no. to tell you the truth. So... Have you seen how serious he looks when he reads? Look at that. Uh, man. That's a very important person right there. Well, he's looked the same for 30 years, so kudos to him for that. Um, yeah, that's true. His speech when he was pushing through uh, the, uh, the infringements on the Second Amendment from like a year and a half ago, gosh, what an embarrassment. He's got a lazy eye. Well, I mean, so do I. So it's okay. I've never noticed You're getting that. Getting awfully close there. We're <laughs> what? Are, what are we doing? I was just looking at the lazy eye, bro. <laughs> Don't know how to get back to uh, Wikipedia. There we go. I was gonna see if he had. Does he have um, the Freedom Caucus in his? No, no. Freedom Caucus is in the house anyway. Yeah. John Cornyn is like a dyed-in-the-wool, super-duper war hawk. He's like Nikki Haley, but a dude from Texas. Yeah. I don't know, man. I um, I don't have, like, the background on all these candidates that you guys, you old folks have, so. Well, I mean, I'm in, I mean, we're both, Chris and I are both in Texas. Yeah, I know. I mean, he's just the 
he's the douchebag's douchebag in the Senate. He's one of the worst ones out there. This is that. Um... Yeah, it's just his. It's him reporting something, you know. So take that for what you uh, take that for what you will. Um, Michael Patrick Leahy's done a lot of good work, and he's setting up this uh, the Star Network. He's got I don't know maybe ten or fifteen outlets in different cities around the country and uh man that's important like local news we should we should all talk about this one day i have i have an idea about a news a media uh platform project for print let's media. oh let's not no, do it no, here. we no. want we don't want anybody to steal it exactly it'll be our idea okay um trump, trump can have it no one else can have it <laughs> i'll give it to tucker carlson if he starts telling the truth at the time that it matters don't you dare, bro. Don't you dare. He has penance to do. Um, it's it's so it's still so funny. Like it always amazes me. There are just certain people that you cannot even just like, hey, why now? Or like is he who we thought he was? Without everybody just everybody and their mother. Literally, somebody messaged on Twitter, my mom wanted me to tell you that she saw you were mad at Tucker and she's not going to follow Badlands Media anymore. Like, literally everybody and their mother. Like, what is that, some kind of threat? You're going to withhold your following until I say nice things about the TV man? It's, it's so wild, gay. Man. Let me see if I can actually find it. Or no, it, was, it wasn't the mother. It was a sister, my bad. My sister I mean, informed sister. me that you guys were talking shit about Tucker again. Therefore, she is leaving Badlands and is no longer a fan. <laughs> I love That's the funny. again. The again is my favorite word in that tweet. Again. Yeah. Anyway, but we'll, we will refrain for the rest of the stuff. I want to get into a couple of these um, the, these Ukraine things because they're very interesting. Yeah. Uh, first of all, this this isn't necessarily new because we've known about this deal and how it got like blown up a long time ago. We've been talking about this for almost two years. And then Putin, even in the interview with... Uh, he who shall not be named recently. He talked about this as well, the deal and how it got blown up and how he's been willing to make a deal since day one. And now Wall Street comes out and they say that they've got their hands on this deal. Like this, the, and there's seven, it's a 17 page document, of course, 17 pages. It's never been public before. And they're going through some of the details of this. And I think you were saying, Chris, before the show, like Mike Benz and some other people, it, this is basically the CIA wanting them to talk about this now, right? I was referring to the uh, to the New York Times expose, which is which actually just like reads as a uh, a romance novel describing hot IC on IC action at an underground base deep in the Ukrainian woods. That is really what the New York Times article is. It is written as a uh, as oh, a romantic yeah. relationship between the CIA and these upstart Ukrainian intelligence units that then go on to carry out terrorist attacks. They are trying to, uh, they try to imply that they are legitimate Russian military targets within Russia, within Crimea and elsewhere. Um, but they're not, they're just terrorist attacks. It is basically like what Joe Lang uh, wrote about happening in Central and South America with the CIA separating, uh, uh, not separating, but, um, gosh, what's the right word? Uh, just setting up and, 
and training and funding and equipping these little terrorist cells that destabilize these nations. It's so the they Operation Gladiator. leaders in place. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they describe exactly that in Ukraine. And we know which units and which people they were working with this entire time. And so the entire thing is presented as though these were all like legitimate acts of, of war. They're, they, they write this romantic tale about intelligence units and how we're like saving the Ukrainians by, by building these units. And so, yeah, Ben said, this is a, you know, CIA limited hangout. They hand this highly classified information off to Adamantis, who is, who does these sorts of operations. And, and he just basically prints the CIA story. And so we can get into some of this and then come back around. Yeah. Let's read through some of this. Let's, um, sorry there, Patrick. Uh, do you think it means the Wall Street Journal? Yeah, but let's just start here. Okay. The draft peace treaty was drawn up by negotiators from both sides in April 2022 and reveals the thinking and objectives of Moscow at the time. The 17-page document has never been made public with the Wall Street Journal for the first time on Friday, divulging key sections and points. Dated April 15th, 2022, the document is said to lay out an agreement that turns Ukraine into a, quote, permanently neutral state that doesn't participate in military blocks. It further stipulated that Ukraine must not build up its military using Western support and that Crimea must remain under Russian control. There's more super serious conversation. Could you imagine, could you imagine entering into any kind of agreement with Clown World? Seriously, the the friggin' the friggin' Kazarian murder puppets who who they'd have to enter into that treaty with. Why why would you bother? They ne- they will never keep their word. Well, I don't think that that was the point of it. I, I think it's it's the point of it is like Russia is the ones they're suing for Pete. Like, hey, we're we're at the table. We're waiting yeah. at the table for you. Come at us, bro. But. Mm-hmm. At the time, like the the narrative that the mainstream media has been spinning is Russia is just these evil people trying to take over the entire world. And now it's like, okay, well, these terms aren't that unreasonable in any situation now that more people know the truth about what's going on in Ukraine. And by the way, is that the same red folder Trump had? Is it possible? Looks orange to me. Oh, okay. Never John, mind. John, can you uh, pull up the original article? Because there is a great uh, paragraph in it. I just sent you the link. Um, there, there is a great paragraph right up front when we're talking about the terms of these negotiations, the way you just described them, uh, this second paragraph here, the, the end of this second paragraph, (laughs) Patrick, do you want to read that? It's actually hilarious. Uh, The whole paragraph, um, a draft peace treaty drawn up by Russian and Ukrainian negotiators in April, 2022, about six weeks after the start of the war lays bare. The sort of deal Putin was after at the time. Western officials and analysts say the Kremlin clings to its original objectives after two years of fighting, turn Ukraine into a neutered state permanently vulnerable to Russian military aggression. The terms Russia seeks now are likely to be even more severe. Does that mean Ukraine's going to be transgender from now on? The terms Russia seeks now are likely to be even more severe. I mean, consider what kind of admissions we're dealing with here. 
Russia's terms were not severe at the beginning. The terms, so that we can all remember, is Crimea, that's been Russian for a decade, remains Russian. The independent republics in the Donbass remain independent. Now they are part of Russia. So that is already a worse situation than what Putin had offered. On Ukraine's terms, that is worse for them than what Putin was prepared to do. He was going to leave them independent. Now they're part of Russia. He wanted them to stay out of NATO, stay out of the EU, and demilitarize and denazify. That was the entirety of it. Those were his terms. And he has, and, and so now after two years, Ukraine has gained absolutely nothing. They have had zero victories. Every victory that we were told they had has fallen apart as a narrative storyline. They were all obviously fake. Snake Island, Ghost of Kiev, the maternity hospital, the missiles going into Poland, all of it's been a lie. And so now they're saying that Putin is Putin is going to likely want even more. He has said the entire time that he wants that one thing. He has not changed at any point, And he only has more leverage now than he does then. Like he wants, what, what, is this a brutal piece that he is asking for? I mean, they didn't have to do any of this. Yeah. I, I want to go through um, more of this. Yeah. Um, let's go back to the Zero Hedge article just because I had that. Oh, shit, where did I put it? Here we go. Um, let's do here. Quote, the draft treaty states that Ukraine, while being allowed to pursue European Union membership, wouldn't be allowed to join military alliances such as NATO. According to the report, no foreign weapons should be allowed on Ukrainian soil. And importantly, quote, Ukraine's military would be pared down to a specific size. The proposed deal even sought to impose permanent limitations on the Ukraine Armed Forces troop numbers. Quote, Russia sought to limit everything from the number of troops and tanks to the maximum firing range of Ukrainian missiles. Another key point dealt with the role of the Russian language in Ukrainian society. Some two-thirds of the country at least knows Russian, while much of the eastern portion that includes the Donbass speaks Russian as their first language. The document reportedly sought to ensure the Russian language had an equal status in Ukrainian government ministries and in courts. The Zelensky government has, since the war start, sought to aggressively limit and even stamp out Russian in the public sphere. According to more context of the draft deal from the Wall Street Journal, quote, oh, We can probably skip some of that. Ukraine's going to join NATO, according to NATO. Um... I mean, yeah, maybe this part. The draft treaty with Ukraine including included banning foreign weapons, including missile weapons of any type, armed forces, and formations. Moscow wanted Ukraine's armed forces capped at 85,000 troops, 342 tanks, and 519 artillery pieces. Ukrainian negotiators wanted 250,000 troops, 800 tanks, and 1,900 artillery pieces, according to the document. Russia wanted to have the range of Ukrainian missiles capped at 40 kilometers, around 25 miles. I mean, yeah. Again, most of the stuff is stuff that we already kind of know that Putin wants. I just, I'm, I'm trying to understand why you think the CIA is willing to put this out now. Like, are they going to come to the table again? 
Like, is that in the near future, you think? And so they're kind of getting ahead of it. Like, this is, hey, guys, this is the original deal. And now watch what Russia asked for. Just to be just to be clear, that article is the uh, the New York Times article on the basis. These are two separate articles. So the New York Times article was a big uh, feature last Sunday. It's like a 6,000 word piece or something. Is that what you're pulling? This is the Wall Street Journal article. Yeah. So these are two different articles well, talking about two different things. This is not the one that is being attributed to the CIA or that the is being called a CIA well, no. limited hangout. What we just read was from the Wall Street about the, the deal, right? That's what this is. Right. But the Mike Benz analysis talking about and then Darren Beatty talking about how the CIA had basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was the New York Times article. Yes, that was from last week. We talked about that on a different right. power hour. Okay. Or mention it. Yeah. Why do, I'm now I'm confused. Are, yeah, I'm I'm confused maybe about what you're asking about this one. Why the CIA well, is putting this out now? Are are are, are I'm, I'm saying I mean the CIA likely where, Okay. The CIA it. put this out too. Like the, there's no way you're that You're thinking they got it the 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 draft treaty document from the CIA. Well, I mean, it had to have been the C it's a okay. the CIA is fighting this proxy war in Ukraine against Russia, essentially. Right. And it was the West who sabotaged the deal. And this thing hasn't been made public by anybody, either side, even Russia up until this point. And all of a sudden, the Wall Street Journal is writing this like they're not just doing that out of the, you know, their diligent, you know, journalism. like this is somebody gave it to them and told them to, hey, we need you to write about this now and put whatever spin on it. You mm -hmm. you can. And I'm trying to figure out what the, the spin is. I mean, it has to be what you pointed out earlier that it's like, oh, now the the deals likely or the terms of this deal, if there is one to be met, is going to be much more severe. Does this mean that we're heading towards uh, some peace talk soon and they're getting out ahead of it? I don't know. Someone in the chat just said something interesting that this document would have been in the the folder that. Putin gave Tucker. I mean, it's not out of the oh. question that Tucker would have handed this off to some reporter at the Wall Street Journal. Although, who are these people? Do any of them have a relationship to, with Tucker Carlson? I don't know. Max Colchester, Thomas Grove, James Mar I haven't heard of any of them. But that's what, just what the mainstream media is. It's like they, they get their talking points from, from somebody. And yeah, anyway. Um, okay, that was one. And then there was... Um, I thought this was interesting just because of the election stuff that's going on. <laughs> we we got to read this. P Patrick, can you um, yeah. read these two? The Ukrainian Intelligence Committee is preparing for the worst case scenario. The Ukrainian Intelligence Committee warned in a telegram post about the worst case scenario that could happen by June, whereby a Russian breakthrough across the line of contact merges with protests over conscription and Zelensky's illegitimacy to deal a death blow to the state. They predictably claimed that those protests, along with claims of growing fatigue inside Western and Ukrainian societies, plus civil military tensions in Kiev, are just Russian disinformation, even though they all veritably exist. Quote, Zelensky is desperate to preemptively discredit potentially forthcoming protests against him. And that's why he claimed in late November that Russia is conspiring to orchestrate a so-called Maidan 3 against him. 
Now, Russia is going to do the color revolution this time, which mm -hmm. is what the Intelligence Committee explicitly referred to in their post. Their warning also came as Ukrainian media reported that Zelensky plans to ask the Constitutional Court to rule on holding elections during martial law in order to retain legitimacy after his term expires on May 20th. Yes, I thought this was interesting because, like, again, we just recently found out the Ukrainian Intelligence Committee or the Ukrainian intelligence in general is CIA, right? That's what the New York Times article is basically saying. Yeah. And so now they're, well, again, what are they getting ahead of? Number one, if the worst case scenario that a Russian breakthrough happens, it's going to merge with these protests that are also Russian disinformation protests, but they're also real. But the Russian breakthrough, we were told as long as we keep funding it, that's that would never happen. Like Ukraine would never possibly lose this war to Russia. But then this the Russia is going to do a color revolution, and it's all because Zelensky is planning to not hold election again during this martial law. Like this whole thing is just fascinating because of the source, which is our CIA. So I guess if you guys have nothing to say on that, I just thought it was no, fucking bonkers. It's an extremely valid mystery, and I got nothing. I don't know what comes next. But yeah, it is freaking weird that our own CIA is putting out this crap about the coming new severe terms. But everything about what is going on in Ukraine or what we're being told is going on in Ukraine indicates to me that if Ukraine goes, so goes clown world. So yes. goes the Western intelligence mafia. And so they will fight to the last Ukrainian. It's unbelievable. The Ukrainian people are the most oppressed people in the world right now. So what does it mean if uh, we know their president is legitimate? We know that the regime in Kiev is a puppet regime of the globalists, right? If they're defeated there and they leave, what does it mean when a country's government is a long-term puppet regime that is then eliminated and removed? And how, if you were the global regime, and that's where this information is coming from, how would you then try to portray that situation to the world, particularly to people in the UK and uh, parts of Europe and the United States. And I think that that is what is being seeded here. If They're the going to have to have something. Yeah. Yeah. So there, and, and by the way, it's an amazing admission that they are discussing Ukrainian conscription and that there are protests against Ukrainian prescription uh, conscription. That's the people in Ukraine not wanting this war. They don't want the war fought. They want the ceasefire. They want the negotiation. They want it to end. Yeah. Zelensky's illegitimate as of May 20th, technically, as if the government is legitimate in the first place. Our State Department, our CIA has overthrown that country twice in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. That's wild, so, man. I mean, they're setting up. They're setting up a public narrative for the West. It's got to be what it is. Yeah, and so I wonder. I mean, who knows how this court could rule? Like, there's. I got to imagine they have that 
that paid off as well. Like they'll rule however they want it to rule. I'm assuming based on if I know anything about Ukrainian and corruption, right? But let's just say by chance they do rule that no, like you have to hold an election, or you you cannot do another. You can't do this again. Like there, there's no way they'll rule that legitimately. Are we seeing so? Uh, something I've been co covering on the podcast since the beginning of this year, this is like a year of worldwide elections there. There's like an election somewhere in the world, like every week or every other week. And what we're seeing in those elections is a lot of the same dynamics. And, you know, we've talked many times in this show, I think the same playbook is playing out all over the world. There's an enemy playbook. There's a response playbook to that playbook. And we see it um, different places in the world, slightly different, timelines and it just cycles through and cycles through. And so look at this example and what is this what does this example look like as a template for our election? What if the court says an election has to be held and they can't do it by that time? And then Zelensky is staying there trying to pretend to the world as if there's an insurgency, a color revolution against him. Think about that as a parallel here. What are we going to be told if Joe Biden tries Joe Biden tries to shut down the elections and uh, and the courts decide the election has to go forward? He doesn't want to leave. There's I mean, man, we could be seeing a preview. I think Pakistan's a preview. I think El Salvador is a preview. We were talking about El that. Salvador's on Wednesday. a preview. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that is like. I'm getting more and more comfortable with the idea of Joe Biden and, you know, the CIA, whatever, just saying we cannot hold an election this year. Like the, it's the threat to democracy is too great that we cannot risk democracy electing Joe Biden or uh, Donald Trump. And so we must not hold an election this year. Uh, it's going to be crazy if he does that, but he t definitely couldn't. We've had that narrative seated by a couple of people like McGregor, like Flynn, mm -hmm. it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. And then, um, the last thing I wanted to talk about, and I know Patrick, you said you wanted to get out of here by 1130 yeah. is Ashley doing okay. Do you got to go sooner? She's, she's, she's doing fine. I just, uh, want to check on her. Okay. You can go check on her if you want. I'm, I'm going to play that clip on the, uh, misinformation from NBC or MSNBC. I can cool. find it here. Right back. Okay. This is the one, right? Yeah. This is a shorter version of the full one, but of our greatest strengths can also be our Achilles heel. So, for example, our deep commitment to free speech in our First Amendment, it is a cherished right. It is an important right in democracy and nobody wants to get rid of it. But it makes us vulnerable to claims that anything we try to do to regulate speech is censorship. Of course, the Supreme Court has held that all fundamental rights, even the right to free speech, can be limited as long as there is a compelling governmental interest and the restriction is narrowly tailored to achieve that interest. But I think anytime someone tries to do anything that might limit free speech, people claim censorship. I mean, just look at the case the Supreme Court heard today about efforts by the states of Florida and Texas to prevent social media companies from moderating content online. And they call it censorship, that they are trying to silence conservative voices. Uh, of course, social media companies are private actors who are not bound by the First Amendment. And so we need to have a conversation and common sense solutions to these things. Instead, we throw out terms like censorship, we call each other names, we use labels, and we, we all retreat to our opposite sides. We need to be pragmatic 
and come with, up with real solutions. But it is, I think, one of the things that makes America particularly vulnerable to disinformation. This is fascinating. She says something here about, I want to see if I can quote it right. It makes us vulnerable to claims that anything we try to do to regulate speech is censorship. Of oh, course, the Supreme Court has held right that all here. fundamental rights, even the right to free speech, can be limited as long as there is a compelling governmental interest and the restriction. Compelling? It, it can be limited. Your free speech can be limited if there is a compelling governmental interest? What yes. the hell is that? <laughs> she actually said any of your fundamental rights can be can be uh, limited if there's a compelling gov uh, government interest. Yeah, we got we got a problem with a certain group of people, MSNBC uh, watchers. Barbara McQuaid, or if that is in fact her real name, uh, early life. Yeah, these people will not stop unless they are stopped, and that's why I'm kind of mystified by this whole treaty or you know ceasefire agreement with Clown World and Russia. So Russia first said, "Okay, well here's 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 our deal." You, you can you can never join NATO and you're not allowed to have missiles that can go further than 40 kilometers. That's freaking retarded. Would any how would such a thing ever be enforced? It's so stupid. The only thing that Russia can do to secure its people is utterly destroy Ukraine's ability to make war. That's the only thing they can do. And to do that, they have to utterly destroy clown world's ability to make war. And it turns out Russian industrial capacity outstrips the industrial capacity of the NATO countries. So they're just going to have to do this little war of attrition and it's going to take a while. And when it finally ends, it's going to be an absolute friggin' bloodbath. And it's going to be people like Zelensky and people like Barbara McQuaid actually being held accountable. We moved on from the Russia topic, just so you know. Oh, Sorry, that's what I get. But you're right about that, point. too. I mean, right but you, no, no, we, you know, bear with me. <laughs> because when this woman talks about censorship, when, when, when Zelensky talks about canceling elections, and that bleeds over into the idea of, well, maybe we'll cancel our elections, it boils down to clown world engaging in its final attempts to hang on to power. Yep. And it's all part of the same thing. Justifying that censorship leading up to an election. They're going to make another push. You know they are. They're going to pull out all the stops. Like The, the only thing, I, I mean, by now I expected some sort of virus or something, but maybe they're saving that for much closer to the election so we don't have enough time to research the actual side effects. <laughs> the, uh, maybe the longer version of that, there's... The um, the thing about the censorship where they're talking about how unless we're able to regulate it, uh, they're going to win. And they're trying to say that we are going to use like AI on them or something. Well, I mean, we could. They've we been could using AI on us for years. I don't even understand what, why they'd be upset. Is it this one? Yes. The last word. Yeah. About this for me is is you get into a thing that I've just been thinking about vaguely and mostly in wonder, how do you get these people to believe this nonsense? Why can't they separate fact from fiction? But you actually get in here and show which wires connect to what. Yeah, so if you, know, you look at history, what um, Mussolini and Hitler did 
the tactics really haven't changed. Maybe the delivery mechanism has changed a little bit with social media, cable television, but the messages are very similar to the ones that we saw Hitler and Mussolini use. Uh, very simple messages, uh, you know, repeatable little slogans like stop the steal. Uh, what Hitler wrote about in Mein Kampf, make the lie big. Everybody tells little lies, but would not have the audacity to tell a lie about something so significant. And so the fact that the, tr the, the lie that Trump has told about a stolen election is so big that ironically, it becomes more believable. So those tactics have been documented throughout history. The, and the thing that the reason why I always Trump thought, or thought we, we could just assume away that part of uh, history is that those those dictators all controlled their their news media. There was no other voice in Russia than Stalin and the Soviet Union or in Germany than Hitler. But what we have here, what's happened is the voter has selected, in a way, to shut off all other information source and take the Fox propaganda and all the right wing and the Trump propaganda. Yeah, you know, we've now sorted ourselves into news bubbles where we listen to one side of information or another on social media. You know, you heard that woman say, all my friends voted for yes. Donald Trump. I'm sure she is in a Facebook group with a group of people and perhaps she watches Fox News. So all she ever hears is the repeat of these ideas of a rigged election and that the investigations against Donald Trump are voter in interference. Um, and so she lives in that ecosphere. So in some ways, you're raising a good point that it replicates some of those controlled medias of prior decades. How do you penetrate it? Yeah, I think um, a couple. That's a personal question. Um, the way she framed that or he framed that question, like it's people are choosing like where they want to get their information from. It's das like, how could they do that? How could they not take it from us mouthpieces in the mainstream media? They get, they're going elsewhere. Because I think the whole basis of this is that trust in the media is down to like 32%, the lowest it's ever been. It keeps going lower. But anyway, I'm gonna, I'll press play. A couple of ways. Unless you have a comment, Patrick or Chris. No, I just, she's, she's not quoting Mein Kampf correctly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hitler, Hitler was referring to the enemies of Germany engage, being engaged in big lies. Well, you mean Hitler didn't say stop the steal? No, Hitler did not say stop the steal. She, I love how she's upset by those Hitler-esque short phrases like Black Lives Matter or Just Do It. Um, build Back Better. <laughs> build Back Better is a great one. Uh, the, you know, the, the famous description of the big lie is actually attributed to Goebbels and it requires the state's power to enforce the big lie. That is the whole point. You can't like be a decentralized collective of powerless uh, citizens telling the big lie or hearing it from one person who then uh, anyone who repeats it is censored. That's not how the big lie works. Well, that that's the real big lie was that Biden won the election. And anybody That's who questioned correct. it got censored. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But the reverse is what she's arguing. And it makes Which is no sense. why she's retarded. Yeah. 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 Yes. She's she's freaking diabolical. Yeah. This is their version of the Mike Benz, I feel like. like the disinformation. Wait, can we pause for one second? So it's, I was just looking up yeah. Barbara McQuaid, and it turns out that she was one of the uh when she stepped down when Trump came in and began dismissing U.S. attorneys. What was she? In 2017. She was, she a US, was attorney. U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Michigan 
from Damn. 2010 to 2017. It, it, it is, I, you know, you expect to find a, a, an animal like this in some cloistered far left university faculty lounge. No, mm-hmm. she's, she, she was a United States friggin' attorney. Yeah. Look at the, some of these cases, by the way, the, uh, yeah. the takedown of Detroit mayor Kwame Kilpatrick. The Christmas Day bomber. Yeah. In 2017, she became a regular contributor at MSDNC, initially commenting primarily on purported scandals related to President Donald Trump. So was that like Russiagate and stuff? Sure, yeah. Right around the same time that Andy McCabe became a contributor? Probably. Or or John Brennan. I mean, the whole damn intelligence community just decided to take off the masks and say, "Yeah, we we've been we've been working for the mainstream media this whole time, so why don't we just make it official?" So funny, like how distant her book, how disinformation is sabotaging America. Words hurt, guys. Words are sabotaging America. Bro, information. Gosh. Okay, let me come back to. I have so many freaking, oh, here we go, this is it. I have so many tabs open, it's hard to keep track. Um, one is we have to get people out of their basements and off the internet and into the real world. We need to be engaged. Hey, now. I feel attacked by that. You're not in your basement anymore, John. Well, I'm in my basement. I'm just not in my parents' basement anymore, but uh, still. A basement nonetheless. Uh, on a human scale and not just uh, talking at each other online. Online people are horrible. Mm-hmm. We are horrible to each other. We hide behind false personas or even just the nastiness that can be there when you're not seeing a human being face to face. So I think we have to see people face to face. I also think we have to understand that when someone has been um, duped, um, the last thing they want to hear is uh, how foolish they have been. When I was a prosecutor, we often dealt with uh, crime victims, people mm-hmm. who are the victims of fraud, and they felt shame in mm-hmm. having fallen for these things. So I think we have to show people grace. We have to ask them what is the evidence that they are citing and pointing to to reach their conclusions and try to help them see that evidence is necessary for us to reach conclusions. But I think we have to do it with grace um, and not with uh, dunking on people by telling them I told you so. Michigan is one of the great places to study this since there's been, uh, you know, those people who tried to kidnap and murder the governor. <laughs> there's been this the FBI? Of the most fanatical kind of behavior at the extreme end of what this book is about. Yeah. And, you know, one of the points I make in the book is that how disinformation is creating dangers to public safety and the rule of law. And so when people are out there ginning up false claims, people become very angry. Why is this happening? Why isn't our law enforcement doing something about this? And so they become inclined to take the law into their own hands, which is what we saw with the plot to kidnap Governor Whitmer and, and make a citizen's arrest or what we saw on January 6th at the U.S. Capitol. People didn't like what they heard and they thought it was so unjust that they were going to take the law into their own hands. And they- Are they going to try to criminalize what they deem as disinformation yes mm-hmm. they are that's coming they're gonna try we need we need the truth to be very 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 widespread wow. come get me commie Jeez. that's when things become chaotic and incredibly dangerous having studied this uh, more closely than the rest of us have where are you in the hope versus hopelessness curve 
yeah, I, I worry that it's going to get worse before it gets better. But I do think there's hope. I think there are a couple of things that we need to do. One is we need to change some laws and have more regulation in social media. We've allowed these giants to grow up. And in many ways, they've created wonderful, innovative products. But without any regulation, uh, they will d defeat us with artificial intelligence and all the other things. And there are some modest proposals there for regulation. But I also think that we need to persuade people about the importance of truth. I think some people have been duped by the lies that have been fed to them in recent years. But I think there are many other people who are willing to go along with the con because they are choosing tribe over truth. And so they want to align themselves with a particular party, and it doesn't matter to them what the facts are. You know, Donald Trump could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and not lose any voters. And I think he's right, and we need to care again that if we're going to have a democracy, then facts matter. She's not wrong. If, if yeah. Donald Trump shot her on Fifth Avenue, he might not lose any voters. Um, how much yeah. of it is Donald Trump, when Donald Trump goes away, which is either next year or four years from now, uh, does, this, does this thing, does this stuff start to deflate? I don't know, but he certainly was the disruptor who caused it. But we now see a lot of people who have watched and learned his, his tactics. I worry that the next one who comes along could be even better at it. But we see people like Jim Jordan in Congress, who is leading uh, uh, investigations into the weaponization of government, which is, of course, uh, just turning investigations on their head. We have seen members of the Republican Party try to impeach Joe Biden based on not just false lack of information, but false information. And so I worry that now that this tactic is in their hands, that we can see other people try to wield it. Barbara McQuay, great to have you here on Michigan's Big Night. Thanks. This is just insanity. Like th these people, they're going to be the arbiters of truth. And anybody who says anything that does not align with their truth, straight to jail, prison. I, believe it or not, jail. You know something, dude? I, I'm going to go ahead and go against the grain and say I'm... I've got a few ideas for us common sense regulation of social media. Oh gosh, here comes the violent talk. Let's hear it. No, there's no violence, no violence. I think it should be a crime to spin up an AI chatbot and have it pretend to be a human being on social media. I think that should be a crime. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I can play with some of these. I think it should be a crime to start any posts with the words breaking and news. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, should be a crime unless you're doing it ironically how do they know though looks so like if you say something not breaking news and retarded but that's every time that's true so i they think we'll just ban be, it outright i think it should be a crime to begin any tweet with uh folks dude or ending any tweet with raise your hand if you agree I think that should result in immediate suspension. Let me know in the comments. Mm -hmm. You should be executed for saying, that's it. That's the tweet. Yes. That's a good one. <laughs> Ex executed. Hey, I, like I love this airing of grievances. What else? <laughs> Leave a dr drop a period if you agree or whatever. It's like, that's, have you seen that? People are just trying to get people to comment on their posts so that they get the ad money, right? Uh, so, oh, yep. Trump is the greatest. Drop a period in the comments if you agree. And so they just want people to respond with a period. It's so stupid. Although it's a nice visual representation of how people agree. Yeah, but sometimes I, I, yeah, maybe. Well, polls don't work. I would rather look at uh, people's reactions than reactions to reactions. I love looking at that shit. You love looking at nothing but periods. Well, no, that would be that would be crazy. But uh, I love looking at responses. 
I like yeah, I like, I like knowing I like to I like to commune with the hive mind. Really what else would you change about social media? I really yeah. wish there was a way to actually like the people who blatantly steal content, like watermark shit and everything. Austere Wyatt is one of the worst. Oh, it, it's bad. You know, he's I not, figured out yeah. the other day where he's getting all that stuff from and why he um why he steals it so often. I think it's coming from Patriots.win or from uh Great Awakening.win. Cause there there were pictures that people were like, I looked up one of them and uh it Google imaged back to there and you can get so much content there. There's so many memes there. There's so many uh, like quick phrases and stuff, little posts. It's just, and it's not really attached to anybody. It's not like they're influencers on Patriots.win as far as I know. So you can just like, if you are that kind of person who just wants to steal content, you can just port it over to other platforms and like, just cherry pick good stuff from there all day. I also think I wish there was a way that you could actually force people to engage with people from the other side. Like, I don't think enough people understand, like enough people from our side understand how insane people on the left are. Like every now and then I go and just peruse lefty Twitter and it's, it's mind blowing. It, it's my, it, it's, it almost can't be real. And maybe it isn't real. Maybe it is just entirely bot driven. That's why it's, that's why it's not, it's not effective research. It creates this, it, it gaslights you into thinking there are these hordes of people who don't exist. Yeah, maybe there's not hordes of them, but there are there are some. There are some that are genuine accounts have been around a long time that just total bullshit. Well, the algorithm seems to like that stuff. And that's another thing to take into account. You could also have real people who don't give a crap about their actual opinions and simply post things that the algorithm likes. Yeah, it's just such a such a nasty little web to un unravel. But also, like, how many people out there actually care about Twitter? I mean, we're we're in a bubble. Like, what we do and where we get our information from and all this stuff, like, it's all from social media. But I'm thinking of my friends. Like, I don't think they really care. I don't think they pay attention to the stuff I pay attention to. Some of these guys like go to Wall Street Journal and the New York Times unironically to get their like. Like, hey man, check this article out from the Wall Street Journal. It, like, unironically, like that's where they're getting their information from, and they they don't get it anywhere else. I don't know how many people care about Twitter like we do. Well, the good thing is, like, if you're on any social media at all, even Instagram or something, and unless you're following just straight up normie accounts, some of it gets through. It all ends up being downstream, you know. And I don't think that we're at the top of that information stream. Like, we're not the what do you call it, Patrick? A tributary. We're not the yeah. source of the. We're not the source of the information stream, but we're a couple steps down from that. Certainly, we're closer to that uh, that source than than the mainstream media is. And ultimately, we break stories into the mainstream media by sending it on down through the stream. You know, at every level, the information is vetted and it gets through a few levels and gets spread wide enough, and then you know, quote unquote experts will start weighing in on things. And then once they've done that, a news outlet can report, e even if it's somebody like Robert Malone, who, you know, we could have conversations about, but even if it's somebody like him that takes something from the community, 
It gets too big. Robert Malone puts it out. And then that stuff gets covered and spread out wider. You know, that information flow, once it's established, begins sending a whole lot more uh, disruptive stories through that same little channel. And down the line, your friends are going to be affected by some of that information at some point. Yeah. I would argue. I hope it works that way. I mean, if it doesn't, then everything is pointless, but... Malone is the doctor, right? Yeah. 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 He went on Rogan. I'm I'm not... um, I don't know him personally. I just know... I've seen him speak once, and he was not a fan of Trump. And Trump kind of becomes the litmus test for me. Like, you don't like Trump. I don't know how... I can take you seriously. And there are plenty of normal people out there who look at Operation Warp Speed as as a betrayal. So it's yeah, doesn't mean they're bad people. It means they don't see it the way we do. Well, they're also unable to um, coherently argue their perspective, which leads me to believe they also don't understand what they're talking about. And you know, a lot of people will be searching for um, ways to validate their sense that Trump is bad and they don't want to be on the side of Trump. And they can say that Trump's policies are good and stuff, but it still just happens to be the case that in that kind of party of false decorum culture, that's their litmus test too. Like you can say that you are pro-life and you can say that you're not too sure about climate change. And, you know, you can say that Black Lives Matter went overboard. These are all totally acceptable positions within the party of false decorum. But what's not acceptable is saying uh, that that Donald Trump is actually not a liar and not a racist and not a sexist and was a good president and did have his election stolen. You can't say any of those things. So it's the litmus test on both sides. And when you're listening to somebody give a, a totally insufficient um, explanation for why they're not on board with Donald Trump, despite the fact that the regime that everybody knows is the ultimate real problem would steal elections from him to keep him out of power and try to imprison him forever and censor all his supporters. They can know all that stuff and still think Trump's bad. And they're going to like give you some, uh, some t- typical normie explanation for why that's so and why her- their feeling is justified. I don't buy any of that shit. They don't believe it either. Trump himself created the vaccines, Chris. Oh, he yeah, injected right, everybody yeah. himself, injected them all. He made everybody take them. He is an exceptional biomedical researcher, according to the Trump history AI account. Yeah, so stupid. Anyway, we should get to the rant so we can get Patrick off to his... Uh, this woman. Absolutely. Did you I, keep the rants? I, I, uh, I, I started with the first one I've got, and I did it very early, but not immediately. I've got Scott 64. Well, th- hold on. There was a, I got an email during the show that somebody wanted, we missed a boost that somebody wanted me to read. Okay. Um, and it's from Our America right here. If you want to, this is from back on February 25th. Ah, $10, John. I emailed Patrick about this. You're behind the ball if you do not watch absolute proof where the military intel has watched in real time the stealing of our elections for many years. The IPs you think Ellis may have wanted, maybe. Watch this to get caught up. Seven short minutes. Please talk about this on your show. Uh, 
absolute proof. Do you have an email where I can send information you will see? She sent me something. So I've seen absolute proof. I don't know why you feel like we are. I feel like I'm being forced to talk about it. And I don't want to. I don't know. I got nothing good or bad to say about it. Neutral on it. But thank you for the boost. Uh, don't forget to hit the thumbs up, everybody, by the way. We always appreciate that. Okay. Here are the rants, man. Hey, you got it, John. I'm going to go ahead and relieve the babysitter now. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. See you, Patrick. Later. See ya. We'll miss you. Uh, Sparrow64, Patrick. Uh, this is for Patrick, and he just left. Bad timing. You should sell Angel Paste at Trump's Revival of the World's Fair. Your presentation would fit in perfectly. Looking forward to my sweet orange shipment. There we go. We'll make sure he gets that message. Trump 2020 for us. I attended the uh, Missouri caucus today, and out of uh, the 135 people in attendance, only four of them didn't support Trump. And he, like, kicked some ass today. Kicked some ass. You know, the New York Times poll that I mentioned briefly, one of, the, uh, one of their findings was that 97% of people who voted for Trump in 2020 were planning to do it again. Only 1% said that they wouldn't and that they would cross over. No way. Yeah, man. I'll go ahead and do the next one. I'll find you the, uh, the article. Okay. There, there's a couple more, um, boosts that came through here. I was just checking, uh, 1027 JS pure donation to the devil power hour. Sorry, rumble. Thank you. Um, indivisible values. If we put on our Trump colored tack rights, we can clearly see the master showman, deal maker, Sun Tzu strategist, and shit poster win the most massive victory in history. Think about what an insult has been made against real American women with the likes of Kamala, Hillary, Pelosi, AOC, Mohap, then Haley, and all the other rhinos. 50% of Trump's voter base, 50% of all Americans need redemption, leadership, inspiration, and payback. Pence is another crusty old white dude many conservatives won't forgive. There are other ways to redeem him. Grinnell will inspire, inspire conservatives, but can't convert nearly enough Trump haters. A strong, smart hottie is going to pull in more voters than any man. If cinema re-energizes her campaign, it's Lake. If not, Noam is waiting in the weeds, just like Pence did quietly in 2016. America's woman problem has to get fixed to bring out the most massive reserves of American warriors, the chicks. And thank you for the boost. I disagree. I do not think the VP vote. The VP does not matter. The VP is not bringing Trump votes. And but it's not I, about votes. No. And he's not going to. Yeah, it's not about votes. I mean, yeah. Anyway, 1027JS. Uh, I left a boost for tonight, but for some reason it listed the date as 3-3, so it didn't show up. No, I just missed that, so I apologize. But thank you, 1027JS. Joe, we appreciate you. Darth Cajun, how's it going, Darth? Showing some love for the best freaking media on Rumble, baby. Smash that like button. Let's fucking go. We appreciate it. Oh man, somebody left a boost about Pence, and now I get called a Pence groupie, and that's just so unfortunate. Just because I believe in logic and common sense, and some of you guys are retarded. Tammy Holland, <laughs> good evening, all at Badlands. Thank you for all the hard work and hours you put in to keep us informed. Brando Commando says four P Gunnels, and then for John and Chris too. Thank you, Lindy GM. I think you'll find this article interesting. It's a Rasmussen poll, and I think it is about the VP, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think I can get to it because I think it's behind a paywall. And so, therefore, I'm not going to be reading this. 
So thank you for the rant, but I'm not going to know the results of whether voters care about the VP. But I know Trump doesn't believe they do, so it's kind of all I care about. D. Huber 40. It seems the watermark theory was possible after all. So many lectures on the impossibilities. Wonder if it could be the presidential seal or middle finger Trump. Such a conundrum. I said I missed something. Did we get news that the watermark thing is legitimate? No. I mean, if we did, I haven't seen it. I mean, the most interesting thing about voting stuff that came out recently was today when Trump said they're just putting blank ballots through the machines. That's pretty wild. It's amazing. Yep. I mean, think about that. It doesn't matter what's on it. They just need the things through the machine so that the algorithm can produce the result it needs to win the election. Well, I don't know if you remember in Fulton County, they were adjudicating by batch. They could take 50 ballots, feed them through the machine, uh, cause errors on each and every one. Then they would go to adjudicate 50 of them at a time. And they could just, in the adjudication process, it's supposed to be like, well, I can't tell if the vote is biden or trump and so they look it over and they're like well it's only got this one mark in the biden thing the trump thing looks like it's totally filled in so this is a vote for trump they can do that they can so some other human makes the decision on how you intended to vote they can do that in batches of 50 at a time and so it's just like shove them through those are all biden shove them through those are all biden and i think it was uh it was one of the Mer the uh, Fulton County officials, or maybe it was the uh, lieutenant governor. I think his name's Jeff Duncan or something, but talked about how Fulton County had like a 94% adjudication rate. Some uh, election fraud nerd in the chat will hopefully back me up on that. I think I got that right. I think I saw Ash in there, so I'm sure she'll, she'll get on you. Um, Jody... Jody, I've, I've run, I've run. I don't like or trust most Republicans to vote for them. You are not alone. The Prue, that was the Carrie Lake, uh, John Corrin thing. Forever Tool 67, Patrick's energy for Angel Pace rivals Trump's energy for America. Great show, guys. Keep it up. <laughs> With you there. Political caviar, Andrew Breitbart was a force of nature. I always think about how things would be if he was still here. He would be on your show. Yeah, I... We'd be lucky to get them, but rest in peace for sure. The Steel um, Monkey. By the way, with the uh, the New York poll, they did uh, the question for Biden too, if Biden voters would vote for Biden again or cross over for Trump. And they said that 10% would cross over for Trump. And the funny thing is, you know, you, you look at Biden's uh, reported total of 81 million. So you need to drop off 8.1 million and you're at 73 now. Donald Trump gets almost his full total. So you're still like right in that 50-50 zone, even no with way. that change. I I know. It's just funny the way that they uh, are willing to report these numbers. Yeah. I mean, at some point here soon, they, they've been making this push for swapping out Biden. At some point, they're going to reach, okay, well, we can't, it's too late to switch them out. The mainstream media is going to, at some point, have to like, turn this around this reporting on biden and be like yeah guys he's gonna win the polling is <laughs> gonna turn around like the coverage is gonna turn out like everything is going to turn around so that they can fabricate some sort of victory and in their minds justify that biden got a hundred million votes to trump's 90 million or whatever like they're gonna have to make that switch soon so 
keep your eyes out for it. It's coming. Um, the Steel Monkey, watch out for Cornyn. He is not really 2A guy. He has some bad policies against the Second Amendment. Not aware of that, but I will keep that in that, mind. That was the speech I mentioned earlier. He was like kind of leading the charge on adjusting the Second Amendment on behalf of the communists in like 2022 or something. Oh, that's gay. Uh, White Knight 126, read the entire border bill. You'll be shocked how much unconstitutional biometric digital surveillance and autonomous weaponry it grants the federal government, which will come to your state since every state is a border state. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I haven't read that full bill, but I don't think it should be passed anyway. Who's a, who's a Guinness? Uh, my sister said you've been talking shit about the ghost of Kiev again. And she's done with your. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's nice. That was a good one. Uh, PJ Corrigan, hands down, Samoas are the best Girl Scout cookie. Fuck what you heard with that whack frozen thin mint bullshit. Fair <laughs> Thank enough. Thank you. Great awakening. Want to apologize for rude rants last night. I was out of line. Will happen again. I'm out of control. Mohap. Did Thank he say will enough. it will happen again? Yes, will happen again. That's funny. Yeah. A.E. Allen 3. Somebody has to light the way. The lamp of freedom cannot go out. Thank you, guys. Thank you for the rant. I am Goldstein. What do you all see with the suit Paxton won and how Congress did not meet the quorum rule? Doesn't that mean all legislation is null and void? I, said, I, I mean, I that covered that on my uh, show this week. Yes, I think that's exactly what it means. What, so, what, what case? So, so uh, Paxton brought a case about voting by proxy, which oh, yeah. is what they did in the House of Representatives from March, or maybe it said May, but I think March 2020 through uh, when the new Congress ke uh, began in January 2023. They were holding these absentee proxy votes. There was yeah. not a quorum. All of the legislation they passed would then be when challenged the way this thing is challenged uh would then be invalidated the same as this was that's interesting so this but was at this was at a uh texas district court so there's still going to be probably appeals this will go a couple more levels then it will be affirmed and then all that stuff will be invalidated well, they have not passed any legitimate legislation this entire time which makes total sense because it also means not, all that. Go ahead. Sorry. They're not elected legitimately either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell everybody like this stuff is fake. It is fake. And so you can deal with it at a narrative level. Um, but there's no point in like freaking out about the results. Let's learn the principles, learn the moral of the story. And then after that, you have to like deal with your emotions and understand we're in a process. But uh, yeah, man, what they're doing is not legitimate. It was a $1.7 trillion uh, spending bill. Could you imagine? And, yeah. If people like, if, if the Supreme Court rules that like, yeah, none of that was legitimate. And thinking of all the money we've sent overseas for this bullshit. Like, yeah, they weren't, that wasn't legal. But, they couldn't have done that. But what, but think about the cycle of that money. So the... <laughs> Global central bankers create new fiat currency from nothing every time our Congress passes a new um, spending limit. 
what they are doing is extending our indentured servitude so that we pay taxes to the, or this is how it was, but we would pay our taxes. They would go to the fed and that would pay them to, uh, I guess, uh, like reward them for continuing to spend this money. I don't know. And then, uh, and then like with the, the foreign war stuff, especially when, when we send money overseas, like to fight this war, how much of that is coming back to their lobbyists in the defense industry? I mean, a ton of it is probably being just laundered directly while it's over there. If it even whatever, but they're buying weapons from us too. Like it's enriching are, the lobbyists. So the people trying to get the Ukraine spending now passed, uh, are arguing that all of that money goes to manufacture this stuff in the United States. So that money is actually going to our military industrial complex. So it's like actually helping our economy. That's what they're saying, that the yeah. money we are spending on Ukraine is helping our economy Wasn't as it, it cycles Yellen? through there. But it really only helps the part of our economy that is indeed the military industrial complex. Which is like where all of these Congress people go to get jobs after they leave Congress. Yeah. Yes, oh, that so was stupid. Janet Yellen, but it's also been said by others as well. Yeah. So stupid. Um, let's keep going here. Uh, Fred Awakening, pretty sure I banged that weirdo in purple. I have vague recollections. I'm not wearing purple, are you? Or is he talking about that lady on the screen earlier? Maybe. Oh, oh, Barbara McQuaid. Barbara, congrats, man. Uh, wedged gravy. The more I learn about the rise of Hitler and what 1920s Germany was like, the more I begin to understand what it takes to fight communism. We are experiencing the same slide into de degeneracy. Well, yeah, they have all their different versions of it. They have the violent version. They have the gay version. They have the, uh, the, the racism version. Yeah. And they say Trump is all of those, but he's not. <laughs> Um, the final demand, any other AGs besides Paxton rocking the boat out of the 50 states? They're going after him hard. My opinion, besides cash, Ken Paxton for Trump's AG. You guys have a favorite you'd like to see as Trump's AG? Bill Barr, just kidding. I don't do the fantasy team thing, man. I, I don't trust anybody until I watch them go through this election season and actually stick their necks out for Donald Trump. For Donald Trump, I mean, listen, love Cash, love Ken Paxton. These are good guys, you know. I like Mike Davis, who's always on War Room. He's very aggressive. He seems to know his shit. He assisted uh, the Senate Judiciary Committee in the Supreme Court nominations for Gorsuch and Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett. So there, there are a lot of good people out there. Man, everybody should check out the twenty twenty uh, Project 2025 and, you know, if you want to get involved, apply over there. They're building out like an entire, um, you know, federal infrastructure so that they can replace all these communists yeah. with people who know what they're doing. I would say Paxton has been the most yeah, like, he's great. MAGA AG. Ghost of base Patrick Henry, how's it going, man? Says Accelerate. Yes, uh, Fred Awakening. It's all about the mohap. Dems have no bench. New scum Haley, etc. Have zero traction. Normies think Big Mike has a vag. Very untrue. Make mohap viral. We will do our best, Fredo. You are doing Wait. it one rant at a time. 
I just want to be clear that uh, I know what that acronym stands for. It's it's Moshe, it's Michelle Obama has a penis, right? Yep. Okay, just making sure. Okay. Yeah, just and just so we're clear, Fredo wants a penis to go viral. That's what that's what he's asking for. So, hell well, no, guys. Yeah, I mean, there are certain parts of town you can probably head to at this point on a Saturday night, and you can uh, cause a penis to go viral. <laughs> Well, AIDS and comfort, right? That's what you're talking about earlier. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Kitty Kubiak, viruses don't exist, non-isolated, subjected to co uh, Cook's postulate, Cokes? Cokes. Cokes postulate, isolate virus from symptomatic individual, culture, introduce said organism into unsymptomatic person, produce symptoms. Yep. Cool, cool. CJ Hurley, 1961. How about Rush Limbaugh? He carried the torch from 87 to 2021, 25 million followers. I have nothing bad to say about Rush. Love that guy. I used to, when I worked fundraising, the person who had the office, like there, there were three of us that shared an office and then we had like a administrator type person who sat in the entryway and she would always listen to, to Rush Limbaugh like all the time and I, I loved it, so big fan freight awakening you set up a p.o box yet john may cost a couple bucks but i imagine that you would get so much shit would pay for itself right away but i'm worried about somebody who constantly talks about michelle's penis having my p.o box man i don't know what kind of shit you'd send me bro just kidding i eventually i haven't gotten around to it though yet pj corrigan i'm against picketing but i don't know how to show it mm. Very clever. I think that might be a Mitch Hedberg joke. It is. He's so funny. Was so funny. The funniest. Yeah. CJ Hurley, 1961. Uh, if a flat, if the earth was flat, wouldn't the temperature be the same everywhere? I don't I think don't. that's how that works. But and then a ghost emoji. Another 179. Given that Biden is the leader of the donkeys, all news about him should be preceded with breaking news. Okay, not great, but you got seven dollars out of it anyway. Oh. Wow. Like it. Thank you. Okay, I'm not even going to try to say this name, Jean. I'm just going to call him Jean now. I, it's been like four shows in a row where he's lecturing me on his name. You know what? Actually, I wrote it down last night, didn't I? Prejean? Carrie Prejean. Carrie Prejean. Um, great show, gentlemen. Thank you. Carrie in Louisiana. No French for you, John. Yeah, I love her. Freight Awakening. To Patrick, can we get some angel paste that smells like Gwyneth Paltrow's vag? Candles did well. My cat loves tuna. <laughs> Thank you. Afraid Awakening. Nirvana Bose. Don't you think if we can appreciate Trump's strategy behind Operation Warp Speed, we can also appreciate why Tucker was not talking about election fraud when we when we were? Well, here's the thing with, with Trump and the vaccines, right? Like he was telling us, hey, take the vaccines, the vaccines are whatever. None of us took it, right? With Tucker, Tucker's not acting or operating or telling us that he's an operator and that he's there's a plan or time special timing behind any of the stuff that he's doing. So why are we like giving him the grace of that? Like why are we pretending like it's part of some plan, bigger plan, for him not to be talking about election fraud? We don't know that to be true. He even yeah. said in that that Lex Friedman interview that I'm not I'm I am who I am. Like I'm not some there's not some special thing behind what I'm doing. It's he knew, he either knew from day one 
that the elections were stolen, that the 2020 election was stolen and chose not to talk about it for whatever reason, or he didn't realize it was stolen in his position, which means like that's, there's just no, he had to have known it was stolen. It's not possible. It's not possible. He had to know it was stolen and he didn't talk about it. Makes no sense. And And I think it's okay to question him on it. Yes. A hundred percent. Trump is totally different than everyone else. Trump is like operating a full public narrative. We know he is involved. There's no question about that. The same does not apply for these media figures. And people use, this is this is one of the reasons I'm so adamant about this argument, is that three years ago when I was saying this, making the same argument in the same form about Ben Shapiro, people were making the same argument back to me. It's just that people cannot let go of these characters. There's no, let, I, I want to make it very clear that I understand that Tucker could be part of some comms op where he is asked to lie to everyone's faces, millions of people at a time every day for years and years and years. I suppose it's possible that the good guys set up an op where uh, a beloved and extraordinarily wealthy member of the media for 30 years, whose dad worked in propaganda could be part of the good guy op. And he's just lying to us because that's the only way things will work. It's possible. There's just no reason to believe it's true. We are the news now does not mean we replace uh, the mainstream media with the something just a little bit further to the center. Right. I, I don't even understand what the, the instinct to protect these people first is when they're getting millions of dollars to lie to millions of people at the same time. Yeah. And we, we talked about this a lot on Liberty Done last night. Like, you speak the truth the second you know it. Otherwise, yes. you're you're gatekeeping, and the the fact like tr- Trump really is the only. If there is a bigger plan going on, which a lot of us believe there is, including myself, and I believe including you, Chris, like there's something bigger yeah. going on behind the scenes. Trump is the only one that we know for a fact is part of it, and nobody else we can excuse away with that. There's nobody else that we like we can make our guesses and yeah we we think, but we don't know for sure, and so we we technically can't excuse especially people that weren't in the administration at the end like no it, it it's it's impossible to to give that excuse but you're absolutely right like even though we are the news now thing like we we started with that as like one of our kind of slogans here on badlands and i've almost grown to like hate it because not that i hate it but i just like i don't want to be the news i i don't no. want news we just we want people to be themselves and say what they believe and think and not lie about it. Like no agenda behind any of it. That's it. People don't like when I say this, but we actually, and I I don't like, we can all take it upon ourselves to be responsible in what we say. Everybody thinks that all these people on television are being uber responsible with the things that they say. And they make sure that all of those things are verified and checkable with these mainstream media sources but those aren't the sources of facts either. Like, I think that I am being more responsible in what I say when I say there's absolutely no evidence that Joe Biden received 81 million real lawful American votes and make certain that I will never, ever call that man a legitimate president 
That is me being more responsible with what I say than Tucker Carlson and Joe Rogan and Ben Shapiro saying, President Biden, President Biden, President Biden. I am hewing to the objective truth better than they are, but I'm being called the conspiracy theorist. So first and foremost, we have a problem with perspectives just right there. But beyond that, we don't actually have a responsibility to be, uh, or we don't have a duty to be responsible, quote unquote, with how we communicate. It's our job to say the truth as far as we know it, when we know it, that's it. That's the whole job. We tell each other what we think, and that is what it means to be, we are the news. Think about it in like a small village in times before mass communication. People would have to tell each other the truth about the threats to the village, right? Mm -hmm. Lies will get exposed in small units of people eventually by the realities that emerge. And now that we are interconnected in the way we are, that becomes true on a much wider scale. And so you have to let that happen. And that happens by people communicating what they know. And people have to have the space to uh, say things that might prove wrong. They have to have the space to pursue theories that are unpopular. And if it just so happens to be, even if it's a 1% odds that Tucker Carlson is a bad guy and it's 99% that he is executing an info op that requires him to lie to millions of people at a time for years and years and years, even if that is true, it's still good to consider the 1% possibility because the downside of not considering that is that we're all applauding like monkeys for a TV man who's literally been lying to us for 30 years. Vagina. Exactly. Exactly. That was, that was spot on. Um, Lin, uh, Lindy GM with another, this is on X. This is what I looked at before. Most Trump's VP choice doesn't matter. Most voters think former President Donald Trump has got the Republican nomination locked up. And while they have preferences about his nominate, most say Trump's VP or VP pick won't matter on election day. But then when I click the link, it takes me here, which I can't read. But thank you. I, I agree with the principle of the VP pick not yeah. mattering in terms of the election. Um, where are we at? Jatriot just got back. Oh, yeah, that's right. Just got back from the first meetup of the SoCal Badlanders. Great time. Thanks to Rosalinda for putting it together. Yeah, he sent me some pictures. I forgot to ask if I had permission to share them. So um, I'll check on that. And maybe next week or Wednesday, I'll share pictures from the meetup. But yeah, very cool. They had a pretty good showing from what I could see. And we're getting some Badlanders meetups going all over. We had Florida this last weekend. We had SoCal Arizona meets quite often. I mean, you guys are killing it. So keep it up. Uh, Rosalinda, hope everyone had a good time at the SoCal Badlanders meetup. There she is. Thank you for planning that, Rosalinda. We appreciate it. Wedged gravy. Sometimes you're a faggot, John. Thank you. I agree. And I embrace that. Aren't we all? N Nevada runner. Uh, the deep state one true purpose is to steer us away from God. Remember, this is a spiritual war and their sole mission ultimately is to inspire so much hate uh, towards them that it takes us to hell with them. Yeah, thank you for the rant. 
Uh, Grace and Grit 17, I don't know much about Michelle Obama's penis, but I hear her caucus is huge. Oh. Size of the caucus does not matter, guys. It's how you use it. We, we've talked about this. And then Carrie Prejean says, oh my God, are you actually speaking French here? Merci beaucoup, Monsieur, for pronouncing my last name correctly. Well, sort of. See you in Dallas. I joined Freight Awakening in declaring Mohap. Can't wait for that to go mainstream. And screw you for making me actually speak French there. Trying to. Anyway, um, that's everything, guys. Good show, man. It was fun. Not another week in the books. One another week, week closer to uh, the 5th Guard of Dallas. November. Yeah, oh. also that. Gart Dallas, and then Gart Deadwood, and then Gart, Gart Myrtle Beach, which will be right after the November election. So that could be very interesting. Be very fun. We are we are under two hundred and fifty days to uh, November fifth. Wild, that's that wild, man. Yeah. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Um, make sure you guys check out our new Bitcoin affiliate, BadlandsMe.tv/River. Get your weekly purchases of Bitcoin set up, even if it's. 10 bucks, you are purchasing sats and sats could become the new dollar. You never know. But this is not financial advice. Since Patrick left early and we miss him dearly, we're going to end with a Patrick video. So we will see you all next week. Oh, no, Christie's he's eating right now. He can't be bothered. Donald J. Trump on Truth Social. I was extremely respectful of sloppy Chris Christie today in New Hampshire. During a speech in front of a large crowd of patriots, somebody shouted out that Chris Christie is a fat pig. Rather than acknowledging that, which many speakers would have done, I said, no, no. <laughs> he is not a fat pig. <laughs> he is not a fat pig. I am sure Chris would have been very happy with my defense of him. <laughs> That's so good. This is why we actually definitely do need Trump back. 100%. He's so funny. God, I love him. So funny. Sir, please do not call him a fat pig. That's very disrespectful. Don't call him. See, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. Don't call him a fat pig. You can't do it. You can't do that.